Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Hi. 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 Tabua. Tabua. Aub. What about Aub? Safula. Cool, neat story. Was that supposed to be funny? There's local politics, bud. Don't go over the rules. It'll take forever. Let's just get to the draft. Let's get to pumping. I got a little taco meat on my chest. It's going to be fun. We, we, in the, we in the thick. I mean, everybody going to be loud. I'm going to be loud with them. I'm going to scream too. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. You ready for this? I am. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to this Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. You are tuned in today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville or perhaps... Uh, another station, 1250-930-04.1. Also, we're available online, pr927fm.com. And you can watch the show and be a part of the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. So make sure you are subscribed to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube and watch all of our post-practice interview videos. Got those, the interviews with the coordinators from earlier this week, this show, the Brian Bailey Show, and a bunch of other goodies there. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook each and every day as well. We are here on a Wednesday, and we got a lot of pirate football to talk about because Mike Houston spoke earlier today following another East Carolina football practice. And uh, we've got those comments coming your way here in hour number one and probably sprinkled out throughout today's show, hour two and three. So we've got that for you coming up in just a moment. The voice Jeff Charles will join us this hour. We'll talk pirate football and more. We got some news today. A new uh, ECU Hall of Fame class has been announced we'll uh, run over those names in a moment we'll talk about that with jeff charles and a lot more at four o'clock antoine staley will join us antoine is now with the new york daily news covering the new york jets after his previous stops in florida and oregon and his stop here in greenville when he was an east carolina student so we will talk college football and nfl with antoine staley coming up at four o'clock Got some, I think, positive Zach Wilson news for Jets fans who were scared he might be out for the year. Looks like he's going to be okay. So we'll talk about that and a lot more coming up in Hour 2. Steven Igo joins us at the tail end of Hour 2 on into Hour 3. We'll continue our position previews, and I guess we'll do special teams, but uh, our last defensive position preview, we'll talk safeties today and also get all the news and notes going on at East Carolina Fall Camp with Stephen Igo. So that is the lineup today. That and a lot more on the way. Shirley Rhodes is here. CJ Schaefer is here. And the Chan Man, Chandler Honeycutt, is to my left. Hello, everyone, specifically Chandler. Hello, Clipper. How are you? Good, man. How about you? I'm doing great. You always look like you're ready to hit the links after, uh, or you just came from. Always got a nice golf shirt on. Mm-hmm. Looks like you could just grip it and rip it at any moment. Yeah, I know. I just it's kind of my style, I guess. You don't have to get ready if you stay ready. That's exactly right. Okay, all right. Got I that. just I've always been a khaki short, uh, khaki shorts and polo guy. I've always been a tacky guy. I, I think you match. You match today. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, I usually have a black shirt and a black hat. And that I start from there and just work my way down. Yeah. Oh, it's the same thing every day. <laughs> you, pretty... And you'll go with a t-shirt every once in a while. Every once in a blue If you're mood. feeling casual. If I'm feeling cash. All right. So, uh, Chandler, the Panthers and Patriots are kung fu fighting. What the hell is going on in Foxborough? 
I want to let's start there and uh, work our way to Mike Houston comments. So um, I saw like tweets coming out, and, and now there's a story on ESPN about it. So <laughs> here's the headline. This is, a, this is a hell of a headline. Uh, and when you when you write out a headline, you want to grab the most attention, get people to read the story, right? Christian McCaffrey knocked to the ground. All right, Panthers fans are like, oh no, Christian oh no, McCaffrey. oh no, is he okay? And then the next line is fan injured during scuffle at Panthers Patriots joint practice. Oh my God! A fan Get a grip, was guys. I saw some video on this of them fighting near the sideline, then off the on the sideline, and then off to where the fans stand there at uh, at Patriots camp. So Christian McCaffrey was, I guess, uh, had a late hit on him. And that led to a scuffle, but there were countless scuffles. And it's happened uh, in multiple days, too. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Robinson, Panthers safety, has been kicked out of camp two days in a row, and now his status on the team is in question. Uh, A lot of people are saying that he is pointing to where they might uh, cut Kenny Robinson, the former West Virginia Mountaineer. And then I saw a tweet today by one of the— Classic Mountaineer behavior, by the way. uh, I saw a tweet today by— uh, one of the uh, Panthers beat writers saying that he tried to go to the offensive side of the field to get Matt Rule's attention, I guess, to try to explain himself. And the person that told him to leave, general manager Scott Fitterer, hmm. told him to leave the practice facility. Who could also tell him to leave permanently. Yes. So, uh, very, yeah, just a lot going on. I didn't, I knew there was some, you know, pushing and shoving going on in the past couple of days, but today it kind of escalated to a whole different level and uh and happened multiple times so uh yeah just it's getting chippy in foxborough it already is chippy christian mccaffrey said quote i've never been a part of a joint practice where there's not one of those it's not about how it's going to happen it's when is it going to happen so we always see these uh but this one uh this is like a continuous fight and this so the patriots we need to start doing this at pirate radio we need to start like setting up a tent and a table I saw this yeah. uh, outside of that ECU cool. camp. So the Patriots uh, and Scott Zolak is a former Patriots quarterback who I think is known up there for kind of crazy comments, maybe hot takes, things like that. I, I've never heard of him until today. and I think Really? He's, he's been in the, the news for kind of flying off the handle when well, it comes to Patriots. He, kinda, he went out of pocket today a little bit. <laughs> for sure. For sure in terms of yeah. acting, acting like a fool. Uh, so you got three guys at a table from a radio station up in uh, um, New England, which Fox is Brown. not necessarily a place. It's like an idea of a place. Yeah. What is New England? I don't know. <laughs> only ba- only uh, Patriots fans know. <laughs> so I think it's a collection of states. I'm going to Google what is New England. Region in the United States. Uh, six states in the northeastern United States: Connecticut, Maine, and Massachusetts, uh, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Vermont. So, so there you go. New England is made up of six different states. So uh, up in Massachusetts, Foxborough, wherever they are, uh, you got three guys at a table, and they are not doing play-by-play, but just kind of commenting on what's happening. Oh, nice the catch camp. there by Devontae Parker. But they're pretty far away because they have binoculars. So I don't know where they're exactly located, uh, but you got these three guys, and there's a video camera on them. I guess they're doing a live feed like we do here, mm-hmm. 
and they are talking about what's happening and then the fights break out and it turns oh, out to be some great audio yeah and uh we have it. have you got it we got it so uh shirley could you hit that please all right we're live for patriots training camp where there have been multiple fights over the last couple of days and there's been another one but uh, this follows a play on which a Patriots player was injured and remains down on the field. This drill got escalated by the Panthers here because they went after Slater on the second one. The second dust up, they were. This is number three in, in a freaking kickoff drill, a kickoff drill, where the Panthers are kicking off. Patriots are in return mode. They, uh, went, they have five guys that got off, got after Slater on the second scrum. They've separated all the players. They've sent them on their way into the next period. So you've got. Looks like it was Wilkerson. And now here comes another oh, fight, Jesus another major Christmas. fight. Uh, it's happening right in front of the stands. These guys and are a-holes, man. It's going to involve much of uh, each team at this point in time. Get these, get these clowns out of here. Oh, they're right up against the stands. And, and All they want to do is fight. This is unreal. I've never seen anything like this. Yes. Players are and, coming from the other field and, now. And, and again, all the players from get in the, there. Here come the, the opposite Look field at the go. are now running Whoa. in. This is like cattle. Now the Bills calling the team over now. Oh, there's another dust up over here. Yep, they're they're starting it's to get into it again a 35, little bit. 35 from the Panthers here. I got this. I got the. I mean, at this point, Jim, what I do with that damn thing? You've now had three scrums. That number here today in this practice. You had three of them yesterday. Oh, we got another one over here. And another one is now starting here. Holy I mean, crap. at some point, at some point, they're going to have to maybe separate Jones, these Mac two Jones teams. here is chirping at one of them. Nope, he was just threw the ball to uh, Aguilar. So they're calling both teams together here. The Patriots, it's Belichick again in the loser. middle here. Mr. Kraft now is in the middle with Bill. Oh, look at this, man. What I have never shit. seen what anything. A, what a scene. Look at him. He's getting right in the middle with Bill is Mr. Kraft. Panthers are over here down on one knee as they huddle right next to the – I've never seen anything like this at a camp. But as the Panthers walked back, they didn't walk around like a few they walked, yards. They, they walked, walked right, right up through. against them, so they'd be rubbing up against them as right, they walked right by. It's a cocky bunch, man. <laughs> what is this guy talking about? <laughs> this cocky bunch from Carolina. These, I mean, uh, it's so funny he mentioned a clown because he is a clown. I thought it was funny they mentioned Robert Kraft and rubbing up against so close together. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone? Oh, and Mac Jones. Anyone? Mac Jones is in there. Mac Jones is in there. Oh, oh he just oh, threw a pass to Aguilar. Yeah, he just threw a pass to Aguilar. <laughs> Dude. Dude, get a grip. These guys, that like, they, I mean, it, 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 it escalated to a, a level there, but these guys went, like, insane. How did the new Civil War actually begin? The Patriots Pan and Panthers. There, there you go. Get these clowns out of here. Oh, my God. These a-holes these a-holes this is all the panthers they're starting it they're starting the fights ah uh, that was great audio man that was now i want to that's why we got to do this unfortunately ecu didn't have joint practices if they get in a fight it's pirate on pirate hold nailers is in it hold that oh he just threw a pass to tashi us I was, I was look, look, look at all the linemen. What's, oh, my God. 35. Where's, where's my sheet? Where's my sheet? Where's my damn sheet? Uh, he, I love hey, he gets up. Hey, CJ, give out a sheet. <laughs> Who's number 35? Yeah. Oh, there's 35. He's, that's him again. Let me see. Crap, I don't I don't have the roster with me. Live breakdowns <laughs> of training camp fights, something I didn't know I needed, and now I know I do. It's one thing to have video. He was so quick to say that the Panthers were the starters of this. Of course. And that is, uh, look, I like my, I like Homer. It's the first thing he said. I like Homer radio. Even though you look like an idiot when you're taking away the blame from your own team. 
Uh, but that is that was hilarious. I'd love to hear uh, Mick Mixon. And, uh, I wish Steve Smith and Eugene Robinson were on the call. Oh, my God. They would have got in it. Steve oh, Smith would have started say, it. Steve Smith would have took his headset off, and he would have been in the middle of it. <laughs> I, I mean, and I'm not joking. He no. would have found his way in that situation, knowing Smitty. He would have been in there chirping away. He, he, he wouldn't even be in the broadcast booth, which he will be some for the Panthers this preseason. But he will... Um, He'd be in there just like talking, you know how Steve Smith is. I wish right you uh, you would add a Matt Rule impersonation to your arsenal. Mm, I don't know. I know you don't I have. Don't, it I don't now. want Susan Deans to get mad at me. By the way, Susan Deans on Facebook saying, "Too bad Matt Rule didn't get punched in the face." Oh my goodness! Calm down. <laughs> Calm <laughs> down. Come on, Susan. Uh, Matt Rule said, "I'd love to be talking about two minute drills right now and Sam Darnold scrambling and making an excellent throw." There's a, no, did he really say that? There's a lot of football things that matter way more to me, but distractions affect you, and that's what we can't do, end quote. So he'd love to be talking about Sam Darnold making a play. God, that man loves Sam Darnold. I saw Tony Dunn tweet earlier, hey, a Sam Darnold interception. Who would have thought? Doesn't matter, though. Uh, I don't. I think I might have mentioned this live on the air last Friday. Panthers having PantherFest or FanFest last Thursday. You want to know how that practice, that scrimmage ended? How? Sam Darnold throwing a pick six to C.J. Henderson. That's how the practice slash scrimmage ended. I guess, okay, ended on a defensive high note and everybody's hooting and hollering and having fun, but it just kind of reminds me of like when you're shooting and you, you got to make your last shot before you go inside or before you quit practice or before anything. Mm-hmm. So ending it that way, again, hey, good sign for the defense. Maybe the defense going to be really good this year. Not a good sign, though, if you're Sam Darnold. No, not, not at all. All right, so there's the uh, Panthers-Patriots fight, and I love that audio. And there's some pieces of that audio I want to add to the show open, Shirley. Like, the, either these guys are a-holes or get these uh, get these clowns out of here. <laughs> I want to put in, who's number 35? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my sheet? Where, Where's what, my sheet? What I do with my damn sheet? <laughs> so there's video on him. He's standing up going through his pockets. Frantically, he's, frantically. He's pulling out, like... Uh, Walgreens receipts and like <laughs> handkerchiefs and he can't find a sheet. He's Where, got everything but the sheet yeah. in his pocket. He's got lint. He's got a lifesaver. A lighter. He's a pulling mint. a lighter. He's got a lighter. A Swiss army knife. Uh, just can't. He's got uh, those handkerchiefs magicians have that just keep coming out of his pocket <laughs> that are different colors. He starts making balloon animals. He can't find a sheet. Where's my sheet? Uh, I, I got my sheet right here. And you know what it says? Chandler? I want to. I want to know. It says flight by Yingling practice report. Okay, flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling available wherever beer is sold. And uh, let's get some of that practice report in right now and hear what Mike Houston had to say earlier today. His opening comments, Shirley. All right, good day today. I think we've had three good days of practice to start the week. Um, offense had a great day yesterday. Uh, I thought they were very explosive yesterday. Uh, you know, a little bit, a little disappointed in the defensive guys yesterday, and but you know challenged them, and boy, they responded today. And it was, I mean, it, they went at each other during our competition portions of practice. But uh, you know, we looked today like I expect us to look, and uh, you know that's, that's that's good. We're stringing together positive days, and that's why I told them it's important consistency. You know, show who you are, and then show up every day. So uh, pleased with uh, where we're at right now during fall camp. 
Yeah, we're at that portion right now where if the defense strings together a few days in a row, Mike Houston challenges the offense. If it goes the other way, you know, vice versa. Vice versa. So we're getting to those days where he wants to see both sides really going at it, having high-level elite practices. And uh, that's where we are right now. And again, overall, uh, seems very pleased with what's happening out there. Absolutely. Especially from the like, – I don't think he's ever this fall camp questioned the like effort and energy and things like that and the competitiveness yeah uh these guys and he said it multiple times it's a, it's a word that we emphasize a lot when it comes to my compete compete and these guys are competing and these coaches are loving it and uh, i think he's loving the leadership that he has on this team as well mike houston was asked uh, if the team is struggling to get through the final week of camp here nah well you yeah i mean there was y'all, y'all could probably hear it in here uh at the end of practice i mean they had some fire in them today i really i thought we ran around well you got to see the competition at the beginning of practice, but I thought it carried out throughout practice. I thought we did a real good job with our special teams work today. Um, I thought today was a very, very good practice, uh, considering where we are in camp. You know, practice 12-13 right there. So, all right, uh, Coach Houston was asked what he's been able to do differently at practice uh, since he has a spring season on tape that he can evaluate and then uh, do things differently here in the fall. Well, that's I mean that's the key. You know, the stuff we had on tape early on was from last year. You know, the good thing is you have both coordinators back, uh, so your schematic changes uh, were stuff we worked in over the summer, so you're able to work with the kids over the summer, so they know the terminology, they know each other, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, now, you know, anything new that we've put in, we got that on tape now, we're able to coach off that. But that's, that's the big thing. You know, we kind of finished our last situations today with the, you know, the coming out off the one-yard line, and we finished with a uh, uh, short yardage goal line drill. Um, so, you know, really we've got all our situations in, we've got all our stuff in, you know, you got, you got your tape and everything, but that's, you know, the great thing of having, you know, guys that have been in the program multiple years is you're still talking the same language. And so it makes it a lot easier to, you know, to teach and, and correct and move on. Mike Houston there on the flight by Yingling practice report. Coach Houston was also asked if the focus uh, in practice has shifted from the install to starting to focus on the NC State Wolfpack. No, uh, no. We we want to get through Saturday. Uh, we've talked a little bit about NC State, but uh, not not a ton yet. We're still focused on us, and you know, it's. I talked to the kids this morning. You know about you know, you show me who you are, so I know what to expect each day. And, and you have more and more guys each day showing all of us who they are, showing us what they can do. You know, who can be counted on, and that's the big thing right now is just figuring out which pieces go where. Uh, what guys are going to travel, you know, what guys we can count on special teams, what young guys are going to play. Uh, that's, the, that's the big focus right now. All right. I wonder, I don't think we'll get a depth chart on uh, Saturday at Media Day, but we will ask those questions uh, to the coaches and to the players to try to piece together uh, a depth chart when it comes to that final five, that starting five on the offensive line. What about receivers? Who's first up? Who's number two? at those spots and uh, a running lot of back. a lot of the defensive spots as well. who's number three at running back we uh we actually got a clue on that yesterday <laughs> shirley do you have donnie kirkpatrick and let me see if i got my cuts with me here donnie kirkpatrick three from yesterday uh where he talked about that running back spot well i think and marlon had a good day today so that was a good day to have him talking about it too uh he probably has, has moved into that third spot, I think, of after today's practice. Uh, Camaro uh, Edmonds, though, has shown some things. Camaro got sick. We had the stomach virus or whatever it was, and 
couple of kids were really sick. He happened to be one of those, so he missed about four practices. So I didn't even think he'd get in there Saturday. I didn't think he'd have the energy to go after being out. And he got in there and got about three or four carries. He pounded some, some guys that tried to tackle him, caught a ball. So we, we see the talent. He's just so far behind really now knowing what we're doing. Uh, but Marlon's just – he's a big physical back that's got a little bit of a feel for what the blocking scheme is and knows how. And that's what Raji and, and Keaton do so well. I always swear Keaton ain't running fast. I always go like, but you ain't even running fast. But he is just so like with the tempo of the blocking scheme. He knows how to set those blockers up. And Marlon appears to be that type of guy, but, but a big guy like Raji. All right, uh, high praise for the true freshman Marlon Gunn from Donnie Kirkpatrick. Also, talking Camaro Edmonds there. One guy we haven't heard a lot about, Pop. Pop McKay. Yeah, not a lot of Pop. Well, I mean. Pop talk. Yeah, I know. And that was the guy we saw a few times last year. I do remember him in that uh, in the South Florida game on that Thursday night. Uh, but a lot of good things we're hearing about Marlon Gunn. I, I forgot he was a true freshman, but you've asked some of these uh, players in the Delcor Players Lounge who are some guys that are young guys that are standing out. And I feel like we've heard Marlon Gunn's name a couple of times, and we heard it there from Donnie Kirkpatrick as well. Heard it at least from two players on Monday, and, and another mentioned Edmonds uh, as a guy yep. who was stepping Carolina up. transfer, right? Yeah, Carolina on a transfer havelock and uh havelock ram anything else you know about them you are you just trying to show off like one nah that's it who's number 35 <laughs> who's what you got your seat hold on is <laughs> jerry hewitt war number 35 yep yeah, i remember him did i get that right does that sound right isn't it weird how the things we know and don't know like i, I can remember that Number thirty-five. I will. What year is that? Like two thousand. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. So I got Jerry Hewitt, and I don't know the players' numbers on this year's team. <laughs> well, they switch around all the time too. Yeah, uh, I mean that is very strange how our brains work that way. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. We'll go out to the Pit Electric live line and talk to the voice Jeff Charles. He'll join us. On his way back to Eastern North Carolina, we'll visit with The Voice when we return after these words. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Drive a little and save a lot at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. They have a great selection of new and pre owned vehicles, plus, offer service to all makes and models in a state of the art facility. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington and online at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. We'll have more comments from Mike Houston on the Flight by Yingling practice report. But right now, we will visit with the voice, Jeff Charles, who joins us on the Pit Electric live line. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. How you doing? 
Clip, I'm doing great. It's hard to believe. Two weeks from Saturday, here we go again, right? That's right. And uh, Jeff Charles, back in town, ready to go, Jeff. Hopefully uh, we can have uh, some cool weather left over when you get here. It's been cooler than normal here this past uh, week, half week or so. So hopefully you'll have some Midwest temps uh, when you arrive here in eastern North Carolina. (laughs) Well, I'll take it, Cliff. You know I get spoiled living in northern Michigan in the summer because we've already had some uh, evenings in the high 40s, and the temperatures during the day are usually about 65 to 68. So it's usually a slap in the face of back to reality. (laughs) I'm getting in pretty good shape when I'm running outside, you know, in these 50 and 60-degree temperatures, and then I come back to eastern North Carolina and start laboring in the heat again. No doubt. Uh, Jeff Charles joining us. Jeff, we'll uh, talk some football in a moment. Had some news today. Five elected to the East Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame. Quarterback Marcus Crandall on that list. Long overdue, so it'll be great to see him get inducted along with Ron Dowdy, uh, Eric Frazier, Adrian Milliken, and also professional golfer Harold Varner III, who uh, could be one of the youngest inductees, Jeff. Not uh, still active, uh, playing pro uh, professional sports and on the PGA Tour. But that's the the list today, Jeff. And uh, any thought? I know uh, Leonard Henry. You're still gonna gonna fight to get him in, and he will one day. But uh, you got five going in uh, this year. Yeah, they're all very deserving, and uh, you're right, Clip. Uh, Leonard deserves to be in. I think his day is coming. It took a while for Junior Smith to get in as well, but really glad to see that that Marcus Crandall is in. In fact, I uh, I visited with Marcus just a couple of weeks ago, as a matter of fact, and he's doing well. Uh, Marcus is actually coaching now. He is uh, coaching over at Livingstone College over in Salisbury. And uh, he hasn't quit his day job. He's still, he's still in the insurance business, but he's also coaching as well. And so it was good to catch up uh, with Marcus and then the other folks, uh, Harold Varner, of course, uh, speaks for himself. What a great representative he is of ECU. What a great career that he is having. And I've known Ron Dowdy for a long, long time. And then, of course, uh, the other two inductees as well, very, very deserving. So, yeah, Clip, uh, usually there are somewhere between four and six go in each year. This year, five going into the ECU Hall of Fame. I think that makes 183 now in the Hall of Fame. So uh, congratulations to all of those folks. No doubt, and Marcus Crandall, uh, getting to know him over the last few years, one of the all-time great guys, just a really uh, really great guy, great QB, and uh, happy for him, HV3, and the rest of the 2022 ECU Hall of Fame class. And uh, like you said, Jeff, looking forward to some pirate football. It is almost here. We were wondering how the team would respond from having a day off last Tuesday where players uh, were – uh, going through some sort of sickness, whether it be foodborne or, or otherwise. We had a lot of guys out and some guys missed practice on Wednesday and, and Thursday, but they were able to get some full pads in, able to get a scrimmage in, and it doesn't sound like it really hurt the momentum of the team that much, Jeff. Mike Houston still seems very optimistic about this team and about the preparation they're getting in for the 2022 season. So that, that was positive to hear coming off uh, a, a bit of a uh, stoppage last week. Well, you're right, Cliff, and everything has been uh, very positive coming out of the Pirate camp, as it usually is this time of year. But I think Coach Houston really does like this group. And I know he made a comment uh, just the other day in his press conference that, you know, when you have your best players who are also the hardest workers, they really are your leaders on the football team. They do it by example, and they do it with their talent. 
you know, I always said about Michael Jordan, when you're the most talented guy on the floor and you also play the hardest, now that's going to be a combination that's very difficult to beat. So if the Pirates have some guys uh, like that, which I think they do this year, uh, you know, Mike's got all his own players in here now, Cliff, and that makes a tremendous amount of difference. And so these guys have been indoctrinated into his system. You know, this is his fourth year here now, and these are the players that he has brought into the program. So they know what to expect, and they know him well. He knows them well. It's just a much different feeling than it was four years ago and even three years ago with his coaching staff and now with his football program. So let's just uh, keep our fingers crossed. As I always like to say, you got to stay healthy. Now, hopefully uh, no, no injuries. It looks like it's been a pretty good camp as far as injuries are concerned so far at this point. Got to keep your number one and number two guys especially healthy going into the year and throughout the season if you're going to have success. So, you know, everything's really now on, on the up and up. We talked about it last week. This is a tough schedule. You know, jumping right into the fire against the number 13 preseason team in the country in North Carolina State. And Houston is 25 and Cincinnati's 22. And then you've got BYU and UCF both knocking on the door on the top 25. And, you know, by the time the Pirates play those two, they could very easily be in the top 25. So you can play uh, five elite teams this year with this schedule. So, you know, they've got their work cut out for them because this is not going to be an easy schedule this year. I was talking about that with Brian Bailey yesterday um, because somebody brought up, you know, is this the most teams East Carolina's played in the preseason top 25? And Bailey said probably not. He remembered some of those 80 schedules, uh, Jeff, that had – you know Miami and Florida State and and uh, some really really good national powers on the schedule. So I don't know when you go back in time, Jeff. Do you remember a year where East Carolina had you know five, uh, maybe more than that, uh, top twenty five teams on the schedule going into a year? You know I can't remember right off the top of my head, Clip, but uh, but I think Brian's right. It, that could have happened uh, back in the eighties when East Carolina had that theme of we're going after the best. Uh, longtime Pirates will remember that. And East Carolina was going out on the road and, and playing those teams like you mentioned. They played Penn State, and they played Auburn, and they played Miami, and Syracuse was the top 25 team. During that era, Pittsburgh was as well. The Pirates were on the road playing all those schools. And I, I would imagine that back in the day, uh, back in the, the mid-'80s, maybe even somewhere in the 90s, there were, there were those teams on the schedule. Uh, Virginia Tech and West Virginia were – top 25 teams in. So, yeah, I think it's probably happened before. But, uh, you know, that's in the past, and uh, everything that counts now is the future and also the present. So we're looking at uh, a tough a tough nut to, to hoe here as far as the Pirates are concerned with this, uh, with this schedule this year. But, you know, you certainly feel better going into it with this group and a talented, experienced group that's had some success last year with a 7-5 and five record going into this year. You feel like now you've got a fighting chance in these games. And, Cliff, as we both know, it's not been that long ago where you looked at a schedule like this with where East Carolina was in the football world, and you would say, well, this is going to be very difficult. But now you really do feel like you've got a chance in these games, and uh, I think they, they will play well, and I think they'll play hard and have a chance to win these games. Jeff Charles joining us. Jeff, one more question on the past, uh, and everything's so different now, but during that time where East Carolina is playing 
those uh, those national powers, and they're getting them to come here to Greenville. And uh, you just uh, you probably won't ever see that again. But uh, what was the the talk back then about being an independent versus being in a conference? Being an independent, if you can get a great schedule like East Carolina did, it was it was probably a good thing uh, that you could uh, play all those great teams and beat some of those great teams. But eventually, uh, with money and TV and everything, you, you had to find a home. Uh, in a conference but what was the I don't know back in the 80s and you know early 90s Jeff what was the the thought of being independent versus being in a conference well the thought of being an independent back then clip was we have to get in a conference because you just can't survive very long as an independent unless you're Notre Dame but uh, anybody else really can't it just gives you so many advantages being a part of a conference you have a chance to compete for championships it helps you in recruiting it helps you in exposure and helps your, your athletes in so many different ways. So, yeah, I mean, when I first came to East Carolina in 1988 as an independent, I mean, the talk was, what conference are we going to be in? Hmm. You know, well, it goes comes around Clinton, and we are 35 years later, and we're still talking about the conference. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so not a lot has changed as far as that's, that's concerned. But it was very important for East Carolina to get into a league and when the Pirates were able to get into Conference USA, I mean, that that was a big step, and that was not an easy step. It was it was difficult for the Pirates to get into Conference USA at the time, and then on into the American, and, you know, you've heard me say this before, Clip, you know, East Carolina and uh, Greenville, North Carolina is the smallest and, uh, you know, the only small television market in the American Athletic Conference, so... You know, it was it was a heck of a job by people like Terry Holland and the folks in the athletics department and Steve Ballard, who was the chancellor at the time, to get East Carolina into uh, the American Athletic Conference because that was not an easy sell with a small television market. But uh, the American has has been good for ECU. I think we all would have uh, wished and still wish that you know the teams would be more successful, with the exception of baseball, but. You know, football and basketball really they just haven't been very successful in the league, but let's hope that's changing, and I think we can certainly see that changing with football and hopefully with basketball down the road. It'll be a heck of an opener. NC State coming to town September 3rd to kick off the season. The Wolfpack ranked 13th, and Jeff, the AP poll came out this week and uh, saw Wake Forest was in the top 25, and who knows what they would have been if Sam Hartman well, I was healthy and ready to go for this team. He, it was announced last week, would be missing extended time due to a non-football-related issue, but the Demon Deacons uh, still getting uh, in that top 25, which says a lot about uh, the program there in Winston-Salem. As, uh, they uh, have put up a lot of points in the past. We'll see what they can do without uh, their starting quarterback for a little while, but uh, I thought that was interesting. Wake Forest still getting uh, some respect, Jeff, despite the uh, the QB being out there. Well, I think that's what happens, Cliff, when you've been uh, good for uh, a number of years. And I'm a Dave Clawson fan. When he was hired at Wake Forest, I thought they made a great hire, and he's proved to be that. He has done a remarkable job with that football program. And it's a big blow. Sam Hartman's uh, one of the premier quarterbacks in the country, and and now they're going to have to go without him, and we don't know for how long. So uh, that's certainly a blow when you lose your quarterback like that right before the start of the season. But He's very good offensively. He's a real creative mind, and I'm sure they, they've already thought this thing through and they'll come up with something offensively because 
Wake Forest has been very good on that side of the ball. Now, they're like a lot of teams these days. They have some problems stopping people, but offensively, they're really, really good. And, you know, they lost a really good running back clip. You may remember Kenneth Walker, uh, who was a terrific ACC, all ACC caliber running back. He went up to Michigan State and had a great year at, at Michigan State. So they were able to overcome a loss for a very talented player. You know, just a couple of years ago, now he wasn't a quarterback; he was a running back. But still, he was a big part of that offense, and they were able to to bring in some guys to uh, to you know plug the hole there. So we'll have to see what they're going to do at the quarterback spot. I think there's some concern about Sam Hartman, uh, his health moving forward. And we certainly wish the young man the best. But you know, they they probably are preparing for this season like they're not going to have him this year, and if they do get him back. You don't know when that's going to happen, so that's a blow to them. But the program is really solid, and you got to take hats off to Wake and what they've done in recent years, and especially the head coach Dave Clawson. We'll see if Wake Forest or NC State could take down uh, Clemson there in the Atlantic side of the ACC. And uh, Jeff, just looking around, we'll be talking about matchups here. Uh, pretty soon just one more Saturday with no football North Carolina will actually kick it off week zero Saturday August the 27th when they take on Florida A&M and then you look at the week one matchups uh, involving the ACC you've got the backyard brawl with West Virginia and Pittsburgh I really like that Friday night Virginia Tech Old Dominion game uh, coming up uh, the day before East Carolina NC State that'll be uh, that should be a good crowd up there in Norfolk for that one Jeff Temple will take on Duke that Friday night on September 2nd. And uh, a game we'll be keeping um, a scoreboard eye on, Jeff. You'll be uh, calling all the action at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. But that North Carolina at App State game is a nooner on September 3rd. And uh, I know the, the the Appy folks are happy to get North Carolina there at their stadium. And they're going to be fired up, ready to go, just like uh, the East Carolina fans will be uh, welcoming NC State here. That's two good in-state games coming up uh, to start the season this year. Yeah, two great in-state games, Clip, and two ACC teams going into enemy territory playing, you know, not against an ACC team. So we always know that's big for East Carolina. It's going to be really, really big for Appalachian State. Having North Carolina come to Boone, who would have thought that would have happened, you know, even as recently as 10 years ago. But things have changed a little bit, and Appalachian State can be uh, very, very competitive, as we all know, against anybody they play. We saw how good they were last year when the Pirates open the season against them. And by the way, Cliff, you mentioned Old Dominion. Did you see just a, a couple of days ago their offensive coordinator resigned? You know what? I did and see that, Jeff. We didn't talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up. I have not looked into that story, but obviously a, a very odd time for that to happen. Yeah, it was really odd. And then uh, nobody's talking about anything uh, in relation to that. I mean, the university didn't have anything to say. The offensive coordinator uh, did not want to speak publicly about it. And so I'm not hmm. sure what happened there, but you know, that's not an ideal situation when your OC quits just a few days before the start of the season. Man, yeah, that is odd stuff. Jeff Charles joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. And Jeff, uh, just to wrap it up with some baseball here, I know the folks uh, in Michigan where you're heading from are uh, ready to turn the page to football. I saw the, you know, the, you've talked about the Tigers being disappointing uh, all year long. Saw Javi Baez hit a ball uh, that hit the dirt. I don't know if you saw that. Just kind of encapsulating his season. The swung 
swung at a ball that that bounced in the dirt and actually popped it up to center field. So that's uh, that's how the Tigers have done this year, I guess. Cliff, I, I watch them every day, and I swear I could strike out almost everybody on that team. <laughs> <laughs> so so bad. Yeah. They strike out. They strike out anywhere from ten to fourteen times each and every game. In fact, I saw a stat the other day. They had struck out 237 times since the All-Star break. Jeez. Now, the one breath of fresh air here recently for them, just in the last week, is a young man who played at Virginia Tech. His name is Kerry Carpenter, and he was tearing up the minor leagues. He was tearing it up at Erie and Toledo, their double-A and triple-A teams. Well, he came up, and he was like the rest of them. The first couple games he played, he struck out six times in his first eight at-bats. But here the last two nights, he's hit home runs, and he's hit uh, a couple of doubles, and he's driving in runs, he's scoring runs. So here's a young man that's uh, 24 years old getting a chance to play now with Detroit, and, and they're so bad, uh, he's going to get an opportunity here the last six weeks of the season, and right now he's taking advantage of it. Jeff Charles joining us. Jeff, looking forward to having you back here in Eastern North Carolina and uh, talking some ECU football with you. Appreciate the chat today, Voice, and uh, we'll do it again next week. We'll have a couple of college football games to preview, so looking forward to that chat next week, Jeff. Yeah, I'll be back soon, uh, Cliff. Uh, We've got media day that uh, we'll be going to, of course, on Saturday and uh, just a couple of weeks away, so we're looking forward to it. Thanks for the visit. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff Charles joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Pit Electric, your trusted electrical partner since 1981, Eastern North Carolina's premier electrical contractor for the past 40 plus years. Pit Electric is hiring. Join their team today by going to pitelectric.com. Take a time out, come back, wrap up hour number one. Coming up, hour number two, wall to wall football talk with Antoine Staley. From the New York Daily News, now covering the Jets. We'll talk NFL, we'll talk ECU, college football, and more with Antoine. And also, Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, joining us at the tail end of hour number two on into hour three. So a lot more Pirate football talk on the way on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Back with you after this. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is A.J. McMurphy's. A.J. says daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. And there's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you. Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Looking forward to being out at AJ's tonight at 8 o'clock. We got uh, Max Scherzer throwing against the Braves tonight. We'll have that on one of the TVs and whatever else you want. Ready for like some uh, random action on a Wednesday night. Some football. That's later in the year though, right? Yeah, that sounds like fun to me. We got to get through uh, through baseball and everything else before we get those rando nights. But we are, folks, a week and a half away from real football. Uh, let's take a gander at that week zero schedule for the umpteenth time. 
that I've looked at to see uh, what will be going on. I'll have a, a fantasy draft that day, so that'll be fun. And while that's going on, I'll be watching Nebraska and Northwestern from Dublin, Ireland. That'll be on Fox. Uh, we'll kick it off once again. This happened a couple years ago. Uh, let's go P. Austin P. Kicking off the season at noon on Saturday, August 27th against Western Kentucky, and it will be on CBS Sports Network. Also, UConn at Utah State, uh, Wyoming at Illinois, uh, North Carolina will be in action against Florida A&M, Charlotte at FAU. Maybe that could be a fun one. Uh, coming up Saturday night, uh, this the 27th on CBS Sports Network. North Texas at UTEP, Vandy at Hawaii, and uh, Nevada and New Mexico State, although it says time to be announced. They really don't have a kickoff time for their game yet? They probably do. They might need to get one. So, <laughs> yeah. But Vanderbilt at Hawaii, that could be a fun one late night. On that CBS game is on Sports. Flow Sports. Yeah, old Flow. Welcome back. Ugh. Love the Flow. Uh, so there you go. Week no. zero coming up. Going to be honest. Not a sexy lineup. But <laughs> No. But going to be honest. I don't care because it's football and it's back. And it's back next Saturday, baby. You've ordered your ribeye and, you know, your your tater and all that. Like, you're not that concerned about the appetizer because you know the nah. meal is going to be so good. But you, you're not going to poo-poo a, uh, you know, fried mozzarella triangle. Like, you're hungry. You're hungry. You're like, hey, let's yeah, get yeah, something yeah. small. Let's get – it doesn't have to be the greatest thing. But let's get something to, you know – uh, Let's get an appetizer before the nice meal. As I just explained, yeah. yeah. You're just repeating what I said. And uh, let's enjoy it. <laughs> okay. thought you were going to add to it, but no, nah, you were I just... I think I was, and then <laughs> I forgot. What happened? What happened? All right, we'll have our David Price Construction countdown to kickoff tomorrow. You got any spoilers, or you want to wait till tomorrow? I'll just say this. All right. We're in the teens. Woo-hoo! We're in the teens. In the teens, folks. In those teens. And also, we are excited about just over two weeks from today, the Pirate Radio football kickoff party. Oh, yeah. State Theater across the street. We'll be there. Tickets still available. Going fast. Get them while they're hot. $10. PR927FM.com. You can go there and pick up your tickets. And guess what? The Clydesdales will be there. Clydesdale Singular will be there. One of the famous Budweiser Clydesdales will be out at the party. You can get your picture taken with them. You can touch a Clydesdale. It is a moment that has never happened before in Greenville, North Carolina. Nope, never. And uh, you'll be able to enjoy some nice music, too. Some 80s music by The Breakfast Club as well. The uh, world-famous 80s band Breakfast Club We'll be performing at that party coming up on Thursday, September the 1st. And tell you what, while we're talking college football, Chandler, let's let's take another one of those ganders like let's we just a, did. Let's take a quick gander. Uh, how about the Thursday night schedule that night? Central Michigan at Oklahoma State, the backyard brawl between West Virginia and Pitt, and VMI at Wake Forest. Is that rivalry being renewed? I uh, feel like they haven't been playing. The- they're playing a game. So yeah, hmm. but I feel like that used. To, I remember back in the late two thousands, that yeah. was like Pat White versus Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been years since they've uh, they've faced each other. So that'll be going on during the uh, Pirate Radio football kickoff party. 
uh cj where's that game being played west virginia at pittsburgh what stadium is that game in what is i it? almost said it say it all I right can't. well say what it, say one of the names Heinz Field. Okay, now say the updated stadium. Acreshore Stadium. <laughs> do, do you know how to say it? I think it's Acreshore. Acreshore Stadium. I guess. God, Heinz Field. What a bummer. I'm still calling it Three Rivers Stadium. It'll be at Three Rivers uh, there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That is so weird to see. Acreshore Stadium. And those are just top 25 games, Chandler. Let's unveil the entire list, shall we? Shall we? We shall. We shall indeed. All right, so that Thursday night, uh, other games going on. Ball State at Tennessee, South Carolina State, UCF. Uh, let's see, anything else? Purdue, Penn State. Huh. Thursday night, September 1st, 8 o'clock, Fox, on the Big Fox, hmm. Purdue, Penn State. I like that matchup. I like that. Louisiana Tech at Missouri. I was going to say Mizzou and Missouri and got caught up there. So a pretty good slate of games uh, for that Thursday night. We'll be partying and then afterwards uh, checking out some live college football. So that'll be exciting. We will talk some football when we return with Antoine Staley. Antoine covering the New York Jets for the New York Daily News. Uh, But we'll talk East Carolina football, NFL, everything in between. When we open up hour number two of Pirate Radio Live, we're going to hit some music here. And then we're going to go to break and come back with Antoine. And there it is. It feels 80s. Doesn't it feel like the opening to like some 80s sitcom? A sitcom, yeah. The credits are rolling right now. About a family. And then they show family. the goofy neighbor. Yep, the goofy neighbor. He's got like a floppy hat and a rake in his hand. <laughs> and then there's a kid chasing the dog. And the parents look on and they, they put their arms around each other and just smile and shake their heads. They have like, gosh. Oh, Billy. <laughs> All right, we'll be back to whatever show we're describing right after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency from maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk. Towns Insurance Advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, joining us. We'll dive more into ECU Fall Camp and have some comments from Mike Houston. Chandler, take over. Uh, Good job, Chandler. Thanks. Well, well, appreciate that. We got we got to have some notes or something you can go to right if I have a sneeze. Oh, I didn't know where you were going with, with that. Right, I know. Uh, we got to, but like moving forward, there's got to be something you could just start talking about off the top of your head. Maybe go. That's uh, a good idea. I'll tell you what. Next time I need to take a sneeze, uh, just update us on what's going on with the ECU long snapping position. That's perfect. Just dive right in. Because that's it. something I know very well. All right, good. <laughs> All right, bless me. 
Uh, good old Bailey Sneeze. Sounds good there. Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer, Clip Brock, Chan Man, feeling good after that sneeze and ready to talk. Some football with Antoine Staley, who joins us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Antoine now covering uh, the New York Jets with the New York Daily News, and he joins us here today. Antoine, good to chat with you again. How you doing, man? Come on, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, feeling real good after that sneeze. Antoine, you're like a uh, you're like a modern athlete. You sign like one year deals, and then you move on uh, to the next spot. As you, since we've been talking to you, you've covered the Dolphins, uh, the Oregon Ducks, now the Jets. So I was thinking about it, looking at the map. I guess your your next spot will be uh, San Diego State or the I don't know San Diego Padres because you got to cover all corners of the United States, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, I actually lived in L.A. for about eight years. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, hell, I've been everywhere at this point. Well-traveled, uh, Antoine Staley joining us, and congrats on the uh, beat spot there with the New York Daily News covering the Jets, man. How did all that come about? Uh, I, I got offered a position, you know, covering the Jets. Somebody had left, and uh, they thought it might be uh, I might be interested in going back and covering the NFL, and yeah, I definitely was, and definitely a good opportunity, especially for a newspaper like this. And uh, definitely, I, it's something I definitely couldn't turn down. So I'm definitely excited about uh, getting started here uh, and definitely doing my thing. And yeah, I definitely think it's a great opportunity. Antoine, uh, you go into an interesting spot there. Second year head coach, second year starting quarterback, and you almost had some really uh, big news to break if that Zach Wilson injury uh, had gone the way many thought it would uh, the other night when he was hurt. But looks like the uh, that Zach Wilson and the Jets are dodging a bullet when it comes to Wilson, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he might miss week one, and, you know, that's probably about it. But, yeah, it definitely uh, looks like he's, got, he's out of the woods. That yesterday, they declared his surgery to be a success. They feel like might be two to four weeks before he's back there on the field you know meanwhile joe flacco who the backup quarterback and a lot of people who, who a lot of people remember with the ravens uh might start week one against his former team but after that zach wilson should be good to go so yeah but yeah they, they definitely could have been a lot worse i think a lot of people were expecting it to be worse because non-contract non-contact injuries and sports are all are hardly a good thing Chandler, how about that? We could have Baker versus the Browns and Flacco versus the Ravens. I like that. I like that. The NFL writes these scripts, Antoine, that, you know, that they somehow figure it out every year. They always keep it entertaining. Storyline. <laughs> yes, sir. Storyline. It's, like, it's, just, it's just the best storyline in sports always since that happened in the NFL. We were talking uh, AFC East last week. The Bills, of course, the overwhelming favorite, not just in that division, but in the AFC, and they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl this year you could argue who the second best team is in that division i'm high on the dolphins love their head coach and and love what they are doing uh, on the offensive side and then you can never count out the patriots bill belichick they went on that run uh, late in the regular season last year before stumbling in the playoffs and then we got to the jets and i was trying to figure out how to describe them like are they a a plucky team that that maybe is on the rise that's going to maybe play the role of spoiler are they truly you know bottom of the barrel there in the afc's like how do you look at this team heading into the 2022 season i think they'll be better i mean they won four games last year and i think they substantially got better on both sides of the ball you look at uh 
you look at what they did in the draft and drafting Sauce Gardner there, uh, number four overall. Also getting Garrett Wilson at number ten overall, and then coming back into the first round and acquiring Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, and also getting Brees Hall from uh, Iowa State, who I feel like is probably the best running back in the draft. So they did a lot to solidify their offense and defense. Also uh, did a good job with the, on the offensive side getting Lincoln Tomlinson there away from San Francisco and recently just signing Dwayne Brown, too, to replace Makai Betton on the offensive line. So I definitely like the direction that they're going in. I, I think they might be a little bit of a school. I, I think I could see them in. You went in about seven games, maybe eight, depending on uh, if things break right. Their schedule early on is very, very difficult. Uh, to be honest with you, like the first five games. But if they can get beyond that and get maybe like two and three, I definitely think they have a shot to kind of upset some teams along the way. Antoine, how about the head coach, Robert Sala? We see a lot of Dan Campbell now, especially since the Lions are on hard knocks. And two similar guys going into their first head coaching gigs, full-time head coaching gigs uh, last season. And he seems, I mean, you just look at him, uh, not a guy you want to meet in the dark alley. Seems like he can really motivate a team. Like, how is the the team kind of taking to him uh, right now? They love him. They think he's kind of like a player's coach. Their players love playing for him. I know Dwayne Brown yesterday, specifically during his uh, intro press conference, talked about how you know he Robert Sala was one of the reasons why he wanted to come to the Jets. That the two kind two were together in Houston when Sala was a young assistant coach. And he just likes they they like the direction that this team is going in, and they feel like they're building it, you know, from the ground up. And it still may take a, about a year or so to get where they want to be, but I think a lot of players lo- love the direction that this team is headed. It's just going to be up to Zach Wilson, and can he turn the corner? Last year, he really struggled as a rookie, as many rookies, quarterbacks tend to do. But he, he they feel like he's the guy to move this team forward and take them where they want to be. And for our uh, fantasy folks listening, uh, how is the rookie Brees Hall looking in uh, camp so far? I think he's going to be a guy that's uh, potentially a candidate for offensive rookie of the year. I definitely think you know him and Michael Carter are going to split some carries at least at first, but I definitely think Brees Hall may get a brief of both of those carries as the season goes on. I definitely think they really like him. They like the way he can catch the ball out the backfield, especially and also the way that he runs between tackles as well. So, yeah, I mean, fantasy owners, yeah, you may be a little frustrated there, you know, with Brees Hall. If you, I wouldn't take him early, but I definitely think he, he could be a later pick that could pay off dividends for people. Antoine, how about covering the Dolphins? And you hadn't been there long enough to really feel the full flavor of the Jets fans yet. Uh, but, the, you know, New York market versus kind of the, and this is stereotyping, but laid back Dolphins fans. Yeah, they're, they're engaged, but they don't really care. They're, they live in Miami. Everything's cool. Everything's fine. So, like, how, how about that kind of that difference? That uh, Do you anticipate that, uh, the fans that you'll be interacting with there in New York compared to maybe previous stops? Well, I'll say this, like the fans outside, there's a lot of Dolphin fans everywhere, especially considering Dan Marino was so popular back in the 90s. So I, I think they're like not just Dolphin fans in Miami, but all around. Some of them are fiery, especially uh, the way they defend Tua right now. They are <laughs> kind of picking on them. Yeah. But uh, I, I think uh, the, as far as comparisons, I, I definitely think, you know, I think Dolphin fans are really uh, – eager to win a playoff game for the first time in 22 years. I think Jets fans are sort of like that, but the drought hasn't, you know, as far as winning playoff games hasn't been as long, but both of these teams are really struggling and they're thirsty 
to get their teams back on track. I think that's kind of the common denominator between the two franchises. Antoine Staley joining us uh, covering the New York Jets. But Antoine, uh, as folks know, your previous stops on the show, we we bounce around. So let's talk, uh, I don't know, how about the Pirates? How about Mike Houston heading into year four? Got some optimism here locally, uh, Antoine, despite a, a very tough schedule. Starts out, of course, with NC State, who comes in 13th ranked in the country. The Pirates have three more teams on the schedule that are in the AP Top 25. And uh, it, it's kind of a a i guess top heavy schedule at the end of the the season for the pirates so they'll have some very winnable games early on once you get past nc state and then uh on that back end when you start to see cincinnati and byu and ucf and houston and those teams really toughens up so what are your thoughts uh on the pirates heading into 2022 i like the way houston is really uh solidified the team in the trenches i think that was really a big issue uh, in the previous years I think now they're a team that's going to be very physical on both sides of the ball, and they look they have really they're really deep at the running back position. Obviously, you know you're talking about uh, Keaton Mitchell and also Rajay Harris that go along with you know Holton Ayers as well. So I, I love the the way direction of this team. I think last year was a big step forward. I, it's unfortunate you know they couldn't play in the bowl game. But I really feel like that would have gave them extra momentum heading into the year. But, you know, this NC State game is obviously big. I know, obviously, it's a rivalry game. People want obviously want to beat State, as they always do. But even if they don't, I still feel like this team uh, is a eight-win team this upcoming year, especially with the schedule that's going about. I feel like they can beat UCF. I think UCF is as strong as, as they have been. BYU and Cincinnati is definitely, and Houston are definitely going to, you know, be potential hiccups. But if they can, you know, take care of business early, I think they can, you know, at least win eight games, if nine. Nine also if you add in the bowl game. Antoine Staley joining us. And, and the one shame about college football, Antoine, I could ask you, you know, who do you got winning the championship this year? And it's a, a list of like three teams that we just kind of rehash every single year pretty much. So that that's kind of a shame. How about when you're covering Oregon? Like what is their perception on the the landscape of college football? And now, I, I you know, it's different now than it was when you were covering Oregon with UCLA and USC off to the Big Ten. So like the, the thing continues to shift, but – you know what? What what is the thought there in the Pac-12 when it comes to the SEC and you know your Big Ten with with Ohio State with Michigan and and the Big 12 with Oklahoma and Texas who are off to the SEC? Do, I don't know. Do they feel like they're kind of left out out there on the West Coast? I think so. Uh, I think you know with UCLA and USC leaving, I actually wrote an article uh, not too long before I left that. I think Oregon needs to reevaluate what they're doing in the Pac-12 because so they don't get left behind. Because anytime you have the big second biggest market in the country leave an uh, entire conference like the Pac-12, I mean it hurts. It definitely is. And now you got these other conferences that are trying to poach teams, whether it be the Big 12 or also the Big 10 uh, teams away. I, I definitely think Oregon has to reevaluate what they want to do moving forward. I know Pac-12 officials have said they're they're gonna look at you know expanding but who they're going to bring in boise state san diego state that doesn't necessarily have the same flavor but yeah i mean as far as this year oregon uh and also utah has really good opportunity to kind of 
judge their teams based on the opponents, especially because they're both playing SEC opponents. Utah's play, Utah plays Florida week one in the swamp. That'll be interesting. And then you got Oregon and Georgia uh, in Atlanta, which is a quote unquote neutral game. Whatever you want right. to look at it, but yeah, they can uh, definitely judge their season to like kind of like a measuring stick game for both of those franchises. I mean, both of those organizations and teams. And I definitely think those are probably the best two teams in the Pac-12 also go along with USC this upcoming year. I'd love to see the record for those SEC game, uh, teams in those kickoff games uh, because they, they just dominate those games. And that, that Utah one you mentioned is different. Utah is a road favorite in the swamp against Florida, but that is uh, – Shout out to these schools and these coaches for scheduling this game. I, it's a very unique matchup uh, seeing the Utes there in uh, Gainesville. Yeah, I mean, Urban Meyer's two former teams playing each other. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely weird there, especially considering how long Kyle Whittingham has been there. He is ties to Urban Meyer, too, as well. But, yeah, Utah, a lot of people are high on the Utes right now. They're number seven in the country in the AP poll, and a lot of people think they could – if there's a team that could contend for a national championship and play some spoiler in the college football playoff, I think some people think it's the use. Antoine Staley joining us. You've had experience in both uh, now, Antoine. Which, uh, which do you like covering more, NFL or college? And for me, I think about it, you know, we're, we're working all day on Saturday. It's a lot of fun working uh, in this line of work, but we're doing a pregame show, a postgame show, so Saturdays are kind of full. I love my NFL Sunday off. So I can enjoy it, watch Red Zone, watch my team, watch every game. So you got you kind of got to factor that in too, right? So uh, which one do you enjoy covering more, uh, Antoine, college or, or NFL? I will probably say the NFL just a little bit, even though I love covering them both. Uh, I just love having the freedom to cover college. I mean, to cover the NFL and having college football Saturdays off, just not doing right. anything. And, it, and it's so many games too, like from – noon all the way to if you want to stay up to like one thirty in the morning you could definitely do that too and catch like boise state or hawaii and something like that. hey we got hawaii vanderbilt and two saturdays from now and i'm gonna be up watching every second of it me and you me and you both i guess we'll be <laughs> tweeting each other yes sir a late night watching it <laughs> there you go watch along late night uh vandy out on the island playing hawaii but you're right uh it is wall to wall and uh and a lot of fun and i kind of i miss those saturdays although the good news we talked about this chandler east carolina in a scheduling quirk this year antoine will have three straight saturdays off of football because they'll play friday night by friday night i think is the way it goes so uh that's going to be a, a weird deal and, and again you got football now in the nfl uh thursday saturday at some points in the season sunday monday so uh, you just about got football on every night of the week when that action uh, begins late in the year. Yeah, basically, yeah. And then even, you know, I know you'll be covering the NC State ECU game, but that game starts at noon, so you'll at least have a, like, the, be able to catch some of the night games later on that day too, yeah. as well. I think Ohio State and Notre Dame uh, that night to kick it off, yeah. I believe. So looking forward to that. Antoine Staley joining us uh, on the Pit Electric Live Line, talking all things football. Antoine, uh, how about let's get back to the NFL. Um, Bills, are they the favorite to win? Do you still like Mahomes and the Chiefs? Seems like the AFC, if you compare it to the NFC, is, uh, is pretty top-heavy on that side. 
I like the Bills to come out the AFC. Like, I really do. I love like Josh Allen is one of uh, my favorite quarterbacks in the league, uh, arguably the best right now. Uh, I like obviously Stephon Diggs is a big playmaker for him, and I feel like they've solidified their running game by drafting a guy like a James Cook as well. And defensively, they're strong, and you know, getting uh, Elam well from Florida, drafting him on the opposite side of Travis White, who's coming back from a major injury. Now you have two shutdown corners, which I feel like you definitely have to have in the AFC when you got these receivers. You got like like talented receivers all on one team, but you definitely have to have uh, really good corners, not just one shutdown corner. But I love the bill; I really do. Like I think the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are still going to be there with Mahomes. He still gives them the best chance. But I just feel like they've taken a little bit of a hit uh, offensively. Obviously, with Tyreek Hill not there, but also defensively, they're not. I don't feel like they're as sound as Buffalo is too, as well. So I, I like the Bills coming out of the AFC this year and maybe winning the Super Bowl. That's the first time. You know, I think anybody said that since the early 90s. Yeah, and uh, it's fun to see. Love their fans. Love when it's rocking up there. Always uh, enjoy seeing that, especially when a team goes through a drought uh, like they have. Uh, How about the NFC? And if you, you know, Rams were there last year. Brady's still with the Bucks, so you got to put them up there. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a ton around him. I guess he does in the backfield, but not the receiver position. And they're the the favorite there, I guess, along with Minnesota in the north. I don't really love anybody in the NFC East. Maybe you do, but NFC uh, seems tough to pick. It just doesn't seem like the talent level's there. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people pick the Rams, but it's so hard to repeat. You know, Super Bowl champions, like, I don't know if they necessarily – uh, win the NFC. Uh, you never go against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, although obviously he's getting older, but he's still proving the plan at a high level there. I, mean, I I can't really trust the Cowboys, although I think they are the best team in that division. Uh, I know some people, I know you're, you're a big Commanders fan, but yeah, I, I don't know how well they're going to do this upcoming year. So yeah, it's it's a crapshoot. And I, I want to pick the Packers, but they just lost the best receiver in football. And then I feel like they kind of underachieved in the playoffs the last few years so are they a better team than what they were last year i don't i don't think so so it's really a crapshoot if i guess if i had to pick i probably would just pick tampa bay just because tom brady and you know i trust him to get there but it's really a dice game picking a team to come out of the nfc yeah it's up in the air and that's what makes it fun antoine staley joining us antoine uh we'll let you get back to it man got uh who do the jets have uh preseason this week they got the Falcons on Monday Night Football, so yeah, that'll be ESPN. So good deal. Everybody will be able to tune into that. And uh, where can we uh, check out what you're doing now? Where can we go? New York Daily News. Uh, yeah, New York Daily News, uh, NYDailyNews.com, and also Antoine Staley at Twitter. Good deal, Antoine. Always a pleasure, man. We'll uh, we'll see if we can track you down sometime during the season this fall and talk more football with you. It sounds good, Dan. You take it easy. Thank you, man. Antoine Staley joining us today on Pirate Radio Live on the Pitt Electric Live Line covering uh, the New York Jets. Interesting team. Team on the rise. I remember when they they played the Panthers week one last year. Yeah. And we were, you know, your overreactions to week one. Zach Wilson, he was slinging it around that day. Of course, they asked him to throw it quite a bit, if I remember. I would say it was an overreaction in week one, week two, and week three. Well, you you played the Jets, then you played a Saints team who was kind of depleted. They did whip up, whip up on the Green Bay Packers in week one when they uh, played their home game in Jacksonville. Uh, but then you go on the road and play uh, the Texans. So, yeah, there was a lot of overreaction going on. And I remember being 3-0, and I 
remember saying like i'm glad to be three and oh and and be ahead of of the pack but uh yeah a lot of overreaction there but and then that cowboys game week four the tide started to call. turn yeah a little bit for sure in terms of waking oh, wake up. up waking up <laughs> let's uh take a break we will come back more to go hour two of pirate radio live we got steven igo joining us later on this hour a lot more to go back with you after this You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are uh, have a top... Let me try that sentence again. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel, uh, fuel stations serving shell gas. That includes the 93 ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for boat owners. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. You know what we need? We need a Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard update presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Earlier today, the Twins knocked off the Royals 4-0. That final score, Cubs beat the Nationals 3-2. And it was the Reds 1-0 over the Philadelphia Phillies. Game's going on right now. The Orioles are hitless. In a scoreless game against the Blue Jays in the bottom of the fifth, Mariners and Angels, no score there between those two, and the Padres and Marlins uh, getting underway as well, no score in that one on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck, I I enjoyed your preview of the Buccaneer Buccaneer, Buccaneer. Music, Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck uh, for Week Zero the first thursday night Mm -hmm. and week one i love matchups i'm glad you do love matchups hey if you love sports you love (laughs) matchups. you gotta love the matchups and we have talked about them and uh we talked ecu nc state uh so much at this point there's still more to dive into we really haven't taken a a deep dive into nc state yet we talked to tony uh during the summer and we'll talk to tony haynes coming up uh the week of the game but Maybe uh, starting next week, we'll start to dive more, get some state guests on, get a, get a closer look at what they have coming into this uh, the matchup with East Carolina. We could talk to the Stephen Igo of NC State, Corey Smith. We'll do that. 24-7 sports. We could talk to Bradley Chubb. Could talk to him. Good luck. Could talk to Russell Wilson. Phillip Rivers. Could talk to, you know, Tory Holt. Yeah, all of them. We'll get them on. Hey, could you help me out with that? Sure. All right, get on it. Shirley, guess what I watched this weekend? What did you watch? Do you remember during, uh, I want to say it was like during baseball postseason, we watched a lot of games here on ESPN, ESPN Plus, uh-huh. and they kept showing advertisements for a movie. And do you remember this face in this those face? advertisements? Oh, the black phone. Yeah, I do remember <laughs> that. Yeah. The black phone is available on Peacock, and I watched it over the weekend. Anybody else seen it? I have not. No. Your assessment of said movie? Uh, it was pretty good. 
pretty good. Really? Say, Do you uh, suggest us watch it? I would suggest surely watch it. Nope. Really? I don't do scary movies. You know that. You know that clip. I say that because of the era. It's got a Stranger Things era feel to it. I don't know exactly when it was set, but it feels very 80-ish. early 80s. Okay, that's um, fair. There's that part of it. And it's not... Well, okay. If you don't like, it's not like super scary. There's no like real jump scares or anything. Like it's, mm. it's a it's a cool neat story. So I was okay. Cool, creepy story. Chandler, I'm not going to suggest anything for you to watch. I'm glad because he wouldn't watch it either. I mean, because you, I don't. I mean, you come in here today talking about you watch Hard Knocks episode one last night, and guess what? I'm watching before I go to trivia tonight. I, episode two the show that i watched last night hard knocks episode two <laughs> that came out i mean is it uh, is it illegal to watch something late i mean it, it, are right. the cops here oh my god the fbi has just busted through the pirate radio studios well, I'm, so, I'm guilty i am guilty take me away i watched it late i watched it late sir you're under arrest you have a uh have a warrant out for your arrest let me ask you this are you paying for your hbo max or are you getting it illegally my this is my roommate okay because that would be illegal yes okay Ooh. i just wanted to make sure because if the cops are on their way i do I'm, everything legally i know you are a legal beagle that is for sure i'm a law-abiding citizen yes you are uh i'm enjoying uh hard knocks dan campbell i just i don't he know he is a trip yeah he's aggressive and I've already saw the Jamal uh, Williams speech, yeah. but watching it again last night just fires me up. Yeah. He cries talking to the team. I think he's crying because he's on the Detroit Lions. <laughs> See, now that's mean. That is mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be mean. And I saw that fat SOB Devin Funches. <laughs> hey. <laughs> caught him a touchdown. He did. Yes, and you'll he did. if you watch Hard Knocks episode two which you claim you were going to do so late, one day later. How about him? You will see him catch a touchdown in the uh, preseason game. Sweet. And uh, and Coach Campbell has a nickname for him, and you'll hear that. I can't wait to hear what Dan Campbell has for his nickname. So there's a tease for you coming up tonight. All right, let's uh, go back to our practice report brought to you by Flight by Yingling. Let's hear more from Mike Houston earlier today. We left off at cut five. Uh, what – do you have scheduled the rest of the week? And what do you want to see from the second scrimmage of the fall? I think, yeah, you want to have a starting point after Saturday. Um, tomorrow will be a, a shells practice. Um, work a lot on our return units. Uh, you know, just uh, work some, some late game stuff tomorrow. Friday is a very light day. Uh, and then the scrimmage Saturday. You know, just want to show improvement from last week, which I expect to be pretty uh, significant. Uh, you know, want to come out of Saturday feeling really good about where we are uh, roster-wise uh, and then start preparation for NC State on Sunday. All right, Coach Houston, touched on this a, a little bit, but he was asked if he wants to solidify some spots, uh, including that third running back, by the end of Saturday's scrimmage. I think, yeah, you want to have a starting point after Saturday. Um, it, it'll change throughout the year. We all know that. I mean, there's somebody that won't travel uh, won't dress for NC State, won't play against NC State, that'll probably play significant minutes late in the year. That happens every year. But you really, you know, it's like the running backs. You know, today, you know, you know who your first two are. So, you know, you had your other running backs getting the live reps today because, I mean, it, the, the live reps are hot now. 
And so that's that's when you find out, you know, what, what can Pop do? What can Marlon do? What can Camaro do? You know, what can Nemo do? You know, because it's one thing to be out there and thud. Uh, it's another when it's when it, it's it's a hot drill right there, and they know they're going to get hit. Hey, we got a Pop mention there at least, Jay. Hey, yeah. Been waiting on a Pop mention. Been ready for that Pop. We've heard a lot of Marlon Gunn and uh, some Camaro Edmonds talk this preseason when it comes to the third running back. Uh I like this. Mike Houston, uh, I guess, was asked about it's good to be worrying who your second and third string guys are as opposed to your starters. That is a big change from year four to year <laughs> one with Mike Houston. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> you don't know how good it is. <laughs> a little different so, than the past few years. Yeah. Well, I mean, last year we kind of knew. I mean, you knew you knew Roger and Keaton, but, I mean, it's now they're veterans. You know, now it's, you know, Roger's over there asking me, why, why am I not on the kickoff team? You know, well, you know, just you stand over there next to me for this drill. You know, that's they want to be on there for everything. They they want to be out there on special teams. They want to be out there every rep on offense. Uh, but uh, you know, that's good. You know, that's that's great leadership. You know, because the when your best players are your hardest workers and your best competitors, you know, that's just that really makes your chemistry good. So, but it's it's good to have those two guys back and and uh, be looking for who's next. All right, and also. Jenny Shelton uh, cameo in there, by the way. More on Rajay and Keaton uh, providing positivity to the Pirate football team. Had oh, yeah. In the locker room on the sideline. Oh, they're, and they're out smiles there. Smiles all the time. They're out there talking to the defensive coaches when they score. And, you know, when somebody else on offense scores, they're talking to whomever. It's, it's you know, we, got, we have a good, positive vibe right now in the locker room. Hey, Jenny and Glenn, can you get out of Shut my up. Mike Houston cuts? Shut up! Can you be quiet? Can you be quiet, please? Thank, Thank you. you. Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Back-to-back no. back cuts. Jenny Big Glenn. Dog was going in. <laughs> I mean, why don't, you, with the, yeah. why don't you just stand up there behind the podium and talk? <laughs> They're doing a great job. I love them. I love them to death. I love them to death. Uh, to death, I love them. Second to none. Second to none. All right, uh, let's hear who chimes in here. Could we get an Ellerby? Maybe a CJ? If Wes Hines is in this cut, I'm leaving. I'm going to go ahead and say it. If I hear Wes in the middle of this answer talk, I'm out of here. Uh, he talked about Luke Lawson and uh, how he's coming along uh, along with the punting game. It was in the vent section. I think uh, Luke has been very consistent. Uh, you know, he's, he's a really smooth operator. Uh, I think he's been very good with ball placement. Um, I really like, you know, what we did protection-wise today. We brought a lot of heat uh, at, at the punt unit. I thought we did a good job with our protection coverage. Um, you know, I think the backup punters, uh, there's where the competition is right now. Uh, Dave Chappeau and Andrew Conrad uh, both competing uh, very well right there for the backup spot. Um, you know, they both are doing other things, too. Chappeau is our backup uh, holder right now. Andrew's competing for the uh, kickoff job. So uh, uh, I'm really pleased with where we're at right there in that room. All right, there is Mike Houston talking earlier today on our Flight by Yingling practice report. The next generation of light beer. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, available wherever beer is sold. And uh, i got a few more Mike Houston comments to get to at some point uh, later on in the program. Steven Igo going to join us in just a few. We'll say goodbye to Chandler Honeycutt for a little while. You going to be back before we wrap it up, you think? I'll try to be. Okay, that means no. So we'll see you tomorrow. Well, if my meeting goes smoothly and goes quick, I'll be back. Would you really do that? Or would you just go home and say my meeting went a little long? Because that's what I would do. I'm going to just be honest with you. 
Well, that, that's not how I work, but that's not how you operate. That's not how I operate. That's not in your DNA. If if the if the work clock is still going, I got to report back. All right. Well, we'll see you back here later on in the show. All right. Can't wait. See you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Chandler Honeycutt exiting for the time being because this man has jobs on top of jobs. Subject to change. Doing one more, folks. All right, uh, Igo going to join us. A lot more Pirate football talk. We got a position preview to get to as well. We'll talk Pirate safeties all ahead. And a new line on the Igo intro song, which continues to get longer. So that's exciting. We're up to three minutes. More to go. PRL back with you after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour brought to you by washington chrysler dodge jeep ram drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to washington chrysler dodge jeep ram on highway 264 in washington at washington chrysler dodge jeep ram.com now back to the show Welcome back. The Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party presented by Bud Light on Thursday, September 1st is approaching fast and tickets are on sale right now for only $10 and 100% of the ticket sales will be donated to four local charities. They are the Sports Works Ministries, Riley's Army, Daughters for Dads, the Heather Ann Pertee Scholarship Fund at the ECU School of Nursing. Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party will also feature entertainment by America's favorite 80s tribute band, The Breakfast Club, plus the world-famous Budweiser Clydesdales will be on site. You can take photos with the Clydesdales. The place to be to kick off football season is at the State Theater in downtown Greenville for the best party of the year. Go to PR927FM.com right now to get your tickets before they sell out, and we'll see you on Thursday, September 1st. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Pretty cool to be a part of the first ever trip to Greenville, North Carolina by the world-famous Budweiser Clydesdales. And as Charlie said, get up close and personal with one at the Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party. Which I think is going to be super, super cool. That is. It's going to be neat to have those giant mammoths uh, right here in our backyard. And then the following day, they'll be delivering beer to area places including pirate radio and i'm excited about that yeah in their classic uh little what do you call that a beer carriage yeah they'll be in yeah. formation eight of those uh beautiful clouds oh, that's gonna be so cool a sight to see here in uh downtown greenville all right uh so i go is going to join us and he said he's a couple minutes out and i've never done this before usually when i introduce a guest he's here beside me or on the phone but the Igo intro song is so long that we can start it, and I think uh, by the time it finishes, he'll be here. So let's go ahead and start the okay. Igo intro song, uh, and he'll join us here momentarily. Igo! 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 He's the one you know. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go, he's good at MLB the show. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Where did Chandler go? 
I go, I go. I'm sitting right here, bro. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. This song continues to grow. Dun, 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 dun. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Can we just get back to the show? I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Hi, this is Mike Arashko. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Dave Doran lost to Coach Mo. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Ho, ho, ho! I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. We should have Corey Glor saying hello. In studio. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. CJ, you're up. I'll take Hunter Renfro. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. I go, I go, I go, I go. All right, we are back, and guess what? Steven Igo is here. Already making demands at what we uh, watch while he's on the show, and that would be his beloved Seattle Mariners, who are in a playoff chase, Igo. This only happens once every 20 years. so It's like a comet flying to the skies. Good to see you, Steven. It's good to be back. It also feels like every time I'm here, there's a Mariners getaway game going on. Yeah, on a uh, Wednesday afternoon. Mm-hmm playing a late afternoon game uh do you th- oh here we go all right mariners second and third one man out in the third inning on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck steven we always ask the players and coaches how it's going but i want to ask you how's your fall camp going uh my fall camp's going well it's just busy uh, you know cj who is taking video of us right now he's out there pretty much every day as we are and the pirate radio team the hoisted colors team so it's a daily grind really i tell people the preseason camp coverage is more of a grind than the actual season because it does get somewhat monotonous you have to figure out different questions to ask they're kind of doing the same drills every day so it's monotonous for the players also for us but it's also fun because we get the most access that we do really all year in in preseason camp i've feel like i don't know what what am i missing have there been major storylines this preseason camp for east carolina i mean not really the there's so little question marks because so much is coming back same coordinators really the same staff almost across the board so like there 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 should be very little questions i mean like really, next year if the coaching staff is intact which we hope it is uh, there will be a daily watch on Mason Garcia it'll and the be, quarterbacks. It'll you know? be quarterback. It'll be that spring ball, 
summer preseason camp you know that'll be the entire topic next offseason is, is who what's happening with the quarterback situation we just don't have that this year we have who is running back three we we do have you know what is the who is tied in five <laughs> the pecking order at wide receiver i think is a question but the way mike houston talks and and you provide updates on hoist the colors and us every week that first of all cj johnson sounds like he's come back really strong that's a good sign but isaiah winstead is as advertised according to what we hear on the uh the the practice fields there jalen johnson's name gets thrown around quite a bit i yeah i haven't heard much from the holdovers that are in the running this year like a taji hudson like guys like that a lot of them have been either out with injury or the um the food poisoning situation like Kerry king missed like a week due to the food poisoning taji hudson's been out tyler savage has been out so they've had a lot of guys out for like a week or two with minor stuff and so really i mean a lot of the guys repping at receiver right now out of uh outside of really andre pagese are like all the newcomers you know josh murphy was a guy who had a chance to play this year walk on receiver he uh, messed his knee up like the first day of practice, so he's going to be out for the year. And so that's that hurt the depth. You've had other guys out. And I think they're also being careful. Like this this time of camp, you don't want to push anybody back before they need to come back and then cause a setback. So if this was game week, maybe some of these guys sitting out or taking it cautious would be getting more reps. Steven Igo, Hoist the Colors, joining us. We will dive into the safety position coming up in the third hour of today's show so coming up in a little bit uh so on the calendar i go we've got another scrimmage coming up we've got i guess this is the end of fall camp this week Uh, we'll have media day saturday kind of wrap that up and then next week gets to your traditional game week practice schedule yes uh where they'll start to dive more into nc state so uh, that's the key dates like the the things to watch out for when are they still you know full pads and then scrimmage saturday yeah, so full pads. The last full pads day of this week, besides the scrimmage, was today. They'll go shells Thursday and then kind of a scrimmage tune-up day Friday. And then basically next week will be a mock game week of sorts for them to really get ready for the actual game week the following week. So they'll get into their in-season schedule. Is that still Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, as far as availability or... Yeah, yeah. As far yeah, because pra- they'll practice Sunday and then they get Monday off for academics and Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. So usually Tuesday and Wednesday are the heavy days for yeah. for in season game week, and that's also when we do, you know, coordinator interviews or uh, coach Houston interviews, and then press conference is on Tuesday as well. Heard from the coordinators earlier this week, and uh, a ton of names listed out there. I got they were doing a lot of favors for the fans and for us earlier this week donnie kirkpatrick what do you think about his comments about marlon gunn and he said after today's practice he's he's moved into that third spot i mean that could change daily it sounds like but uh pretty interesting to hear the true freshman is the guy at least when we talked to donnie earlier this week behind keaton mitchell rajay harris yeah and and he did say you know a lot of that was based on the day he was talking and i think it's kind of a day-to-day situation right now and that's what is interesting about you know that's really the only time during preseason camp we'll talk to the coordinators outside of after the scrimmage this coming saturday then we'll start to get them on a weekly basis in season so like right now you know kirkpatrick donnie especially gives so much information like i was trying to like balance all right this is the one time we've talked to him 
how much of this is based on recent events versus how much is based on the entirety of camp. But, you know, I think from what I've heard, Marlon Gunn is kind of trending towards having a really good shot to get that third role. I think just based on talent alone, making guys miss, carrying the football, getting positive yards, Marlon Gunn's probably the third best, but he's a freshman. He didn't have spring ball. How does he adapt as far as like learning the whole offense, that sort of stuff? But the other issue is you got Pop McKay and Camaro Edmonds who have no real game experience either. So he's almost on an even playing field, even though he's a true freshman. So my gut feeling is there's a good chance he ends up being that third back. He also talked about Isaiah Winstead and how much pressure Isaiah is putting on himself with his final year. He talked about how the clock is different for him than, say, a, a younger receiver on this roster. So he is uh, going all out, it sounds like, every single practice. Yeah, and I think that was the vibe I got. Even when they were recruiting him, he really was just so serious about, you know, this is his final chance to make it to the league. He really wants to prove he can be a number one receiver. And, you know, that's that's obviously a great thing that he's got that determination and that will, but there's also – you, know, you can almost overdo it. So I think they're trying to get him to calm down a little bit. And also when you come in as a transfer who's kind of produced at every other stop, you know, there are high expectations from the fan base. You know, the, us in the media, we talk about him, you know, being the guy. So they don't want to put too much pressure on him, but he has performed well during camp. I think really Jalen Johnson from Georgia, though, I don't want to say he's been a surprise, but he's been, you know, from what I understand, almost just as good in terms of just consistently making plays. On the defensive side, I'm really starting to get excited, I go. And then I think back to previous season openers. And, you know, the Pirates got bullied last year by Appalachian State and yep. got the same thing NC State. And then UCF was able to put some points on them as well uh, in these openers. So, you know, we'll see what happens week one. But overall, I, I do feel pretty positive about this ECU defense going into the year. And Blake Harrell is, is so pleased with him. It sounds like he's adding more and more and more to it. Uh, Holton Aylers, I asked Holton, you know, who who are some guys that are giving you trouble, giving the offense trouble? And the first person he said was Blake Harrell because he's, like, mixing things up so much, really making it tough on Aylers and the quarterback. So sounds like Blake likes what he's got. And these players that we talked to really enjoy having Blake Harrell here for his third year and and the linebackers we talked to like having him as their position coach. Miles Berry and um, Xavier Smith are seeing things from the entire defense's perspective, not just the linebacker perspective. So, look, it's fall camp. Everybody's positive, but I'm starting to buy in to a good ECU defense in 2022. I feel good about interior defensive line and linebackers. You know, I said earlier, I feel like the linebackers, like, almost feel better about them this year than than last year. That's no docking on the guys last year, but just what they added, what they have coming back, I think they're in a good spot. You know, the, I like the pieces in the secondary on paper. I'm just curious how it's all going to fit together. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully against a really good NC State team, there's not some growing pains. Because, like, I think the combination of Tegan Wilk and Julius Wood with Jaira Wilson and, and Sean Dorso mixed in – has more upside than what the the previous safety play has been but still those guys have played kind of a part-time role previously now they're moving to a full-time role so like you know how is all that going to look early in the season we'll find out but uh, I do feel really good about it I mean they are they are too deep pretty much at every position and like they have almost two starters at every position so even if a guy goes down or gets banged up you know me I feel comfortable 
with basically the number two going in at almost every position. I'm sure the coaches do as well. Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, joining us. Let's take a break. We'll come back hour three and talk East Carolina safeties and more with Stephen Igo as we head into break. Carlos Santana waving at strike two. It is two nothing Mariners in the third inning. They have the bases loaded. We'll give you an update on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, then kinetic physical therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical, occupational, speech, and massage therapy, all in a state-of-the-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit kineticptgreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live. The Mariners had a couple on a Carlos Santana two-run single. They lead the Angels 4-0 in the third inning, and I go, that is a hit-by-pitch. Hit my man's kneecap? I believe, not a wild pitch. So, uh, Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard sees the Mariners up 4-0, bases loaded, and the Angels are a mess. And there's nothing better than seeing the Mariners beat up the Angels. (laughs) There you go. C.J. Mayhew can't get there soon enough for uh, for Angels fans. All right, uh, we got baseball going on and we have football to talk about and uh steven let's go ahead and dive into our final defensive position preview we'll talk special teams i guess right we gotta we gotta do a special we got team special preview. teams we got sideline and then we got media i knew you were gonna say all that uh let's go to today's position shall we? what's your favorite position safety that's cool with me it's not my favorite but i'll do it for you Favorite ECU safety. Good, uh, good pipes. Favorite ECU uh, safety. Van Eskridge. Number Van Eskridge. Number four. Num- He's your number four. You're saying number four. He wore number four. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, would be my favorite. Who since then? Personally, Chip Thompson, because he was fun to talk to. Off the mic. Magazoo. Damon Magazoo. Damon Magazoo. Would be up there. Um, I feel like we're leaving out. Well, going back, you're going to say the Hart Twins Mm -hmm. and and all those. Uh, But, yeah, I'm trying to think now. I should have thought about this beforehand. I like doing things off the cuff, and maybe I should have done this off the cuff. I think Van was so good that he's easily – like, he's the unquestioned number one for me. How about Zach Baker? Zach Baker (laughs) was uh, solid. He's a solid player. Yeah. Solid player on a bad team. Yeah could say that i feel like he made some plays he did zach baker the playmaker mm-hmm. was out there tried to give him that nickname just didn't stick warren saber really good raspy uh, interview thank you for also that. a playmaker only what was a bad team became a good team appreciate you bringing my name up steven i love playing for the empire boys uh so yeah a few safeties there uh last week i enjoyed uh last year i enjoyed dj <laughs> ford being here you know made a 
somewhat of an impact on the field, but really came in and uh, added some veteran leadership to the locker room, I think. Yeah, I mean, I thought for a one-year player, he was he was very uh, very good. He was a good interview. Uh, enjoyed getting to know him. So, I mean, really, I feel like there's been a lot of quality safeties in the uh, last few years, but there just haven't been many great standout safeties. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel, and I said it earlier, and we'll get into it, I feel like the, the current safeties on the roster have a chance to be those type of playmaking safeties or one of them maybe already be that guy and let's look at some returners uh and tegan wilk people are really excited about him got to see him on the field last year it seemed to always be around the ball blake carroll i think earlier this week said one of the best at punching the ball out and which yeah. is uh something they want to do four forced fumbles last year man i mean and that was in like 200 and 20 snaps or something like that yeah his plays per play if that makes sense. The plays he makes on the field per play he's in the game I think seems very high. Yeah. I mean, what you said technically right. I guess... There's a better way to say Turnovers it. created per snaps. Yeah, and just even like being around the ball, mm-hmm. tackles, everything. Like the, the, his impact per participation is not a good way to say it either. But what I'm trying to say is when he's in there... He's around the ball. He's making plays. He makes things happen, and he plays the safety position where, you know, of course he's going to be in coverage, but he's also going to be closer to the line of scrimmage more times than not, and that's kind of his game. You know, not that he's a true linebacker, but he's a really hard hitter, uh, good tackler, smart, heady player. So he's just – I think him going into a full-time role or more of a full-time role, because I think he'll still rotate safeties. I think it's really going to turn him if he's – if everything plays out like I think, I think he could become like an all-conference guy just based off interceptions, fumbles force, all that sort of stuff. Well, let's do this, Ayo. Let's uh, so people can draw on their whiteboard in their brains. Let's set up the defensive lineman for East Carolina, three defensive linemen, and then Lewis as a rush end. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's your fourth. Yeah, kind of. it's kind right. of a hybrid. We're gonna put our two linebackers back there with Barry and Xavier, just for this example. And then you'll have that other position, which is a linebacker. Sam linebacker, which is – they work with Trip Weaver. They're basically a safety. I can't remember if we included them in our – I think we've already talked about Stringer and Wilson. We can, I don't know. Maybe we didn't. Either way, that is another linebacker slash safety position. Yeah. So then you've got two more guys on the field. Where is Wilk lined up on the field? Wilk is, I mean, he's going to be one of the deep safeties to start the formation. Uh, on the back end, you got your two traditional safeties, but, you know, if it's a run, heavy set, or, you know, some type of situation where maybe he's covering a tight end or playing, he, he's going to be closer to the line of scrimmage more times than not than the field safety, which on paper would be Julius Wood or Sean Dorso most likely. All right, let's talk Julius Wood. First of all, I want to say Julius is a very – underrated cool name julius is a really good name i mean you've got and if you're gonna dr j mm-hmm. legendary i mean the epitome of cool i know a lot of pirate fans might not like julius hodge but oh he, he's a cool dude i like the name julius and wood is a pretty cool name bringing the wood yeah for a db carrie it's, wood yep elijah wood not as cool as uh, <laughs> julius wood but you know it'll do tell us about julius wood i go Julius Wood is a second-year player who transferred in from Blinn 
junior college last year. I think he played like 70 or 80 defensive snaps, played a lot of special teams, was, you know, typical guy coming into an already pretty established defense, got his feet wet, showed some upside. Now he's, to me, made one of the biggest leaps over the course of the offseason. He's been in the defense now, going on the second year. He's seen this level of football. So athletically, length-wise, size-wise, he's kind of what you would – you know, say a prototypical safety looks like he's long, lean, can run fast. So I just think he's he's got a chance to have a really good year. How about Sean Dorso, another name that's been in the program? He's played a bunch of football, and for a JUCO guy, he is he's somehow still only a junior eligibility wise. You know, similar to Warren Saba because of the COVID year and a previous redshirt, he could end up playing four years as a JUCO uh, at ECU. But I just. I like his versatility. He's played both safety positions. I think he's working more now at the field with with Julius. But uh, he's done both, and he's played a ton of snaps. Like, in 2020, he played the third most defensive snaps of any uh, defensive player, which I didn't realize until I looked it up earlier this offseason. You asked the question, I think, to Mike Houston about guys – stepping into the spotlight for the first time and i think the names you brought up in your question was wilk and wood right as uh, as far as them starting perhaps or getting more time than they have in the past but so where is dorso who is he behind you said wood yeah probably probably wood i mean he's played both but i think he's been working more at at, uh at field safety this offseason so jira and uh, stringer in that other spot but jira's been repping with Wilk a lot this offseason too all right I remember I think it was Stringer being asked about him and Jaira being on the field at the same time so there is a possibility of that happening this year because yeah I mean there is because I think Demetrius Mooney has made enough of a jump at Sam and you know previously he was behind Stringer and Wilson and so really they have two starters and one for one position with Stringer and Wilson if they're both healthy so they're kind of moving Stringer around or uh, excuse me, it's moving Wilson around. That way they can get both those guys on the field. And now Mooney, second year playing defense, he's also shown he can do some things defensively along with special teams. So that allows them to be too deep at that spot. You can move a guy like Wilson to safety. He can play there. He could play Sam if needed because he knows it like the back of his hand, uh, third year in this defense. So you just have some guys that can move around. You know, Wilk has played Sam before, so – if you need if you have an injury or two you can move guys around you got a ton of safeties on the roster here and uh i was wondering who we should bring up next blake harrell mentioned a name the other day that i had never heard of uh devon king said he had a good day of practice but how about these other guys i go who are uh new in the program or fighting for playing time this year yeah king's a a second year guy former marshall transfer really talented player coming out of high school played a decent amount of special teams last year can run you know now again second year in the defense starting to get it can really do some things could be a guy in time to watch out for um you know ty moss is a former walk-on from uh whiteville whiteville Whiteville. as uh, chandler would say who's kind of worked his way into the mix jonathan coleman's another former walk-on who could be a special teams guy contribute in that area so i mean They've got some depth at safety, and we mentioned Juwan Powell in the cornerback preview, but I always think he could be a guy that moves back 
to safety if again if there's an injury or something or if they need more depth at safety as time goes on because those guys they make a lot of tackles they do tend to get banged up over the course of a season you need quality depth in the secondary uh, especially at safety so uh, they they feel pretty good too deep. You know the unfortunate thing is Jordan Huff, who was brought in as a former Georgia Tech transfer, he was probably going to play this year. He got injured in spring ball. Will likely miss the season. They did add another JUCO kid, Brandon Higgs, who has uh, done some things in camp, and he'll provide some depth at safety as well. So um, again, trying to figure out who exactly is going to be in that travel squad, who's going to play special teams. And those are kind of the storylines. This this deep in camp, we kind of know who the two deep guys are going to be, but who's after them is still kind of a work in progress. Stephen Igo, hoist the colors. .net joining us, watching the Angels get one on the board with a bloop and a right. Classic David Fletcher, man. I can't stand that dude. He just slaps at it like a softball hitter. He was pretty good on uh, the show when I had the Angels for a year. Yeah, a I mean he's just that. He's like David Eckstein, pesky yeah. leadoff hitter, just kind of slaps at the ball. There you go. Uh, so, anything else on the safeties? How about future East Carolina safeties? I go. Anybody being recruited at that position that you are aware of right now? Yeah, they got a couple of um, commitments in the secondary. Uh, Greg Adams out of Hapeville Charter, which is the same program that Malik Fleming camp came out of a couple of years ago. He's got a chance to, to be a good player in time. They also have a, a couple of uh, cornerback commitments. But I think Huff is really the guy, even though he's a he's already in the program, once he rehabs and gets back next year, hopefully everything goes well there. I think he could be a, a contributor in time too. Uh Demetrius Mooney, what a uh what a journey he's been on. He was East Carolina's leading rusher one season, right? Was it twenty was it nineteen? Yep, twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Feels like Demetrius Mooney's been here seven years 125 carries uh finished the year with 446 net yards one touchdown and led the team in rushing over darius Penix, holt nailers trace christian uh tay williams yep there's some great names hassan howe <laughs> think about how much that running back room has improved brian gag on that list along with reed herring Usually you Can have we to not go, go back. back to 2019 anymore. I mean, you have to go back gracious. 10 years to talk about guys you forgot about. We only have to go back like three. Hassan Howe, man, that dude. He's stuck in the portal, he's right? He's still in the portal. Never I mean, made it still, out of there. He never made it out. He got stuck in there. But I wanted to look up, and the link would not take me anywhere, to uh, Mooney's defensive stats. But he uh, he played some special teams mm-hmm. last year, right? He played a lot. I, think he, I don't know if he ended up playing on all four core special teams units. But he definitely played a lot. He will again this year. It just kind of fits his skill set. Like, I see him defensively as a guy who, you know, if it's first and 10 and you're playing a, a run oriented team, he would seem to be the guy that you just put in there to, to get downhill and just smack somebody in the mouth. I mean, it just feels like it would be that for him. That would be his ideal scenario. He is a football player. That's, uh, that's awesome. So, uh, all right, there is your safety preview. We'll uh, talk special teams with Igo coming up next week right here on Pirate Radio Live. Let's get a break in. We'll come back. One more segment to go with Igo here on a Wednesday. We are back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, they're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty, Steve and I go. Voice the Colors hanging out today inside the Pirate Radio studios. We've got, mentioned this with Jeff Charles earlier in the show, five elected to ECU Athletics Hall of Fame. That news came out earlier today, including the Cran Man, Marcus Crandall. Can we please figure out if it's Crandall or Crandall? Like as far as the spelling. Because, all right, so the release has Crandall with an A, A L L. But then his name has Crandell, <laughs> like if you look at it on Twitter or on Google. Oh, no. But like then there's multiple oh. places that have it as Crandell with an A. A-L-L. But I think it's... He refers to himself as Crandell with an E, so I don't know. Yeah, the entire write-up mm-hmm. here. So I don't know if like he's just fine going with either one or what. Well, so he's on Twitter... Yeah, it's Crandell. Well, I'm going to say it's an E then. Uh, I mean, that's I change it to an E just based on the fact he's got his own Twitter page with an E. I wonder if there's anything like when he went to East Carolina, did he did they spell yeah, it wrong? I don't know. Maybe when he played in Canada, they changed it to an E. He's just rolled with it ever since. I need to get like the fact book or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, where did CJ go when he gets back in here? I'll tell him to uh, hand me one of those over there. Uh, that is strange, Igo. Did not even notice that. But yeah, they're glad been... to see him get in either way, regardless of the spelling. Great player. Can you look over there at one of those books and see if there's a football one? Uh, the media guides up there? Because I know his name will be in the. Uh, it's got to be in there somewhere, right? Oh, it in the history has books. To be. Yeah. CJ Schaefer providing the media guide. Thank you, sir. We got the media guide from. Mike Houston's inaugural year. Alex Turner and Deontay Smith on the front. I tell you what, they chose two they good chose cover two good boys. Ones. Yeah, that's good. Deontay, by the way, uh, avoiding serious injury. Mm-hmm. It looked like for a moment uh, that it might have been a. Uh, he was carted off, right? Or did he? Yeah, it sounded serious. That's what somebody tweeted when it happened. But uh, he will be okay. So that is good news. All right, Marcus Crandall. Let's see where he's at. D E L L. I think they just spelled it wrong today no. the entire time. Well, to, is, to the defense, when you do Crandall, when you spell it like that, it autocorrects it. So. That's your defense? I mean, I'm just saying. You should not be an attorney, Igo. That I'm is not, a very weak offense. I don't want to be an attorney. I was just <laughs> okay. Saying. Well, you're fired. But there's multiple like articles online that have it as A-L-L, too. That is very strange. So. But, uh, I, but come on. He's in the Hall of Fame. All right. It's not fine. a big deal. Uh, others in there, Ron Dowdy. Eric Frazier is what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with as well. Uh, Adrian Millican. Millican. This is a tough uh, this is a tough class for spelling. Adrian Millican. I had to double check 
Frazier and Milliken like eight times before I tweeted it out. And Harold Varner the third, the other on the list. So uh, congratulations to those five. The headliners definitely uh, Crandall and HV3. Crandall to, and Varner. <laughs> just due to the notoriety that they've brought to ECU. Obviously, Ron Dowdy, big-time donor. His name is on the stadium. You know, the other two I personally am not as familiar with, um, but clearly did phenomenal things in their sports as well. And uh, Leonard Henry. We're going to have to wait another year. Leonard Henry, I was told, was not nominated for this year's Hall of Fame class. When, when I wrote the article, nominations had already passed. Who does the nominations? Anybody can do them. Oh, really? We could nominate somebody right now, live on the air. So you know what we're going to do next? Yes. Next, uh, during the bye week, or at some point we have nothing to talk about, we're going to nominate Leonard Henry live on Pirate Radio so that we can document it. Well, I want to, I'm going to nominate, if we can do it individually, I want to see another basketball guy in there. That's fine. You can. We can do that too. I want to nominate Gabriel Mikulas. I was thinking about Mikulas being, but real, I I think seriously, like Akeem Richmond. Yeah, I think he definitely deserves to be in there. He is point. still most three pointers made in a season. I think he's still like top three. Mm-hmm. I'll look it up, but um, I don't know. I want another Hooper in there. Blue Edwards is getting lonely. <laughs> I, uh, did Jonathan Kerner go in, or did I make that up? I, don't I might have made that up. I think you made that up. Uh, let's see. Most three-pointers in a season. College. We'll get this list I feel here. like there does need to be a recent basketball player. Maurice Kemp, Keem Richmond. I guess the problem is they didn't play long enough, but Keem Richmond would definitely be the one just from the standpoint of he did some things on a national level. Oh, okay. This is records. annual leaders, I go. But I think he's up there like career, but – in 2013-14, he made the most three-pointers in the country, 153. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. Brendan Plavix, by the way, from Charlotte on that list. Couldn't stand that dude. And he just got passed for, like, second or third, I want to say, by Fletcher McGee from Wofford. He had 158 in 2019. So, Richmond, I want to say, is still top five all-time for three-pointers in a season. What about three-point attempts? He is fourth, I go. So he is fourth right now. Three point attempts. Well, you got to jack him up. To I hit mean, him. I feel like he's got to be up there. Yeah, because he went like four of nine every game. I mean, honestly, there is a ton of guys. This is where it gets tough. Like baseball wise. Oh, baseball. There's a ton of guys that have been gone less than five years that are going to be Hall of Famers yeah. one day. Agno. I mean, is Agno's Hall of Famer? Is Bryson World? Bryson World's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> no. Baseball is so tough. Man. I know. I mean, you could put like somebody packed daddy every single yeah, like Burleson. You know, the problem is you run into this issue where like how much does post ECU career influence their ECU Hall of Fame career? Like Chris Johnson got in super quick. Yeah, he had a really dominant year, but he got in super quick because of what he did in the NFL. Two thousand yard season. So you know, Marcus Crandall obviously did great things in the CFL, but if he would have done it in the NFL, he would have been in 10 years ago. Yeah, Jeff Blake, NFL mm-hmm. career, that speaks more to, uh, you know, that, that's more noticeable. Mm-hmm. Baseball, you're right. I mean, should we just have, and they do honor, like, Pirates and the Pros. I haven't been in the offices in a while, 
but like maybe they should have their own ecu baseball hall of fame wing they should because you could just put a million guys in that thing i mean we could rattle them off packard Brickhouse, just of recent washer i mean yeah krasinski agnos the agnos wing itself has a couple in there so anyway uh there are five new entries they will be let's see when are they going to be on the field they'll be inducted friday october 14th and then the following day memphis memphis the memphis tigers uh steven thoughts on uh we'll dive more into it but i feel like we haven't really talked about the wolfpack perspective much on this opener which is a good thing because we haven't killed it yet we still got a couple weeks to preview it they are uh 13th in the ap and coaches poll highest preseason ranking ever for nc state i saw that even higher than when they had philip rivers in the early 2000s so uh high expectations there for the wolf pack what are what is their strength i go we know about devin leary because we know about opposing teams quarterback but what would you say is the main strength of nc state defense i mean as a whole yeah d-line uh, everything I mean, everything they're good i think they got nine returning starters but definitely if you want to pick out one area of their defense that is elite if they're healthy they're linebackers they've got three all acc linebackers um peyton wilson drake thomas and isaiah moore i mean if those guys are healthy they are all game changers they're good up front they're good on the back end um the, the interesting thing is their defense has like three or four guys returning from significant injuries from last year. So I am curious to see, are those guys come the season over, are they at 100% or are they still knocking the rust off? Because, you know, a couple of those guys are linebackers and if they're still knocking the rust off, then maybe you can take advantage of them early in that game. Um, but they're good, man. They're good. They're just a solid, well-balanced team. You know, offensively, they returned two good receivers. Obviously, Leary's good. They did lose the running backs, but Jordan Houston's been in the program like three or four years. Offensive line depth, a little bit of a question mark, but their starting line's pretty good. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be a tall order. They got solid special teams. They're just good across the board, and that's you know, ECU's going to have to go out there and play well in every single phase just to have a shot. And then when they have a chance, they're going to have to make the plays to win the game. Bryce Williams talked about yesterday there how, and we compared it to a, a clip Donnie Kirkpatrick was saying, where Holton is still working on chemistry with Winstead, with Johnson, with Gardner, these new guys, and how that offense where Bryce played in with Shane and Justin and Zay, like they didn't even have to think it was just like they were right. robots out there going through the motions knowing the place so and he said how many times did we go down and score on the first drive it was like just about every time it was expected i mean especially at home i swear yeah. every home game they scored on the first drive and think about how weird it was if they went like three and out or at least yeah. across midfield usually if they weren't scoring on the opening drive it's because somebody dropped a ball or they just turned it over penalty or something <laughs> But, you, you know, you just hope that that offense, and it feels like it should be in year five of Holton Haler's, what it, yeah. whatever it is, with the the running backs and everything, a, a veteran O-line. But you do kind of worry about the, the quarterback-to-receiver combo, and you just hope it's all clicking. And, look, you think back to uh, Andre Allison's first game, catching a bomb from James Pinckney. They were on the yeah. same page day one. Lance Lewis came in here 
kind of did the same thing so we've we've had examples of guys coming in being uh the number one wide receiver that were not here the previous year uh, and hopefully wednesday can be that if he's not you got a motivated cj johnson right now uh you've got ryan jones who really seems to be locked in he's talked about how he was he's a good athlete and a good football player but how much more comfortable he is with the playbook and with everything surrounding it uh this year compared to last year so i do i almost feel like he's your uh your safety valve for 2022 and he's talking about playing not only tight end but the you know the 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 y and the h which is basically he can play the slot or in the backfield on the line of scrimmage um i i feel and shane calhoun can do the same so like even if the chemistry isn't there with some of the new guys you can put those guys basically at receiver so i think they're gonna be fine and i think too i'm not gonna say it's by design that ecu's saying that the chemistry is still a work in progress but i think if nc state lines up and they go one-on-one with cj johnson isaiah winstead and jalen johnson i think ecu will take that i talked to isaiah on monday about the feeling where he's got a guy lined up with him that knows the jump ball is coming and can't stop it and like you're right if it just comes down to that uh i, I like our chances it sounds like isaiah's catching a lot of those balls at practice yeah so i mean i, I think sure the, the the biggest concern is like on blitzes or if nc state's mixing it up a lot which they do have a tendency to do if that happens then how is that chemistry you know at that point well so. bryce said yesterday don't miss your hot route now yeah don't be missing that i go will send you away on a suarez dinger eugenio suarez which has happened a lot in fact there was a stat and i don't know what aaron judge has done since last week but suarez has the most home runs in major league baseball since 2018 which is an insane stat it's just like i said man i think he hit one this time last week he's checking in with another one <laughs> he doesn't i mean he hits a lot but he doesn't hit like 40 in a season he just consistently hits home runs man. like once a week and that was a beauty wasn't yeah. it held uh, it up beautiful i go uh, we gotta let you run man i wish there was somebody else here to talk football with somebody that could just grab the stick and uh and chat but you know we had somebody leave earlier so i don't know if anybody's here that could do that so. uh i could do that oh guess who's back I- i'll be glad to do that triple duty for the chan man he said he'd be back and by god he is back we'll talk to him we'll see you later i go surely let's open up the booty bag directing traffic here baby <laughs> booty 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 everywhere booty 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 everywhere Shane Rowley, give it away today. I forgot what we gave away earlier this week. Well, so, we gave uh, away PBR yesterday. Yeah, what did we give away on Monday? Fa-fa-familia. Familia. 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 Yeah. Familia. You guys done? Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. How about a $15 gift card to AJ's? AJ's! 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 I see where you're doing. Caller number. Oh, my Lord. I see where you're doing. AJ's! What caller, Shirley? Don't you have another meeting to go to? What caller, Shirley? Eight. Caller eight. Caller eight. Caller eight. Take us a break. Take us a break.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, congratulations to Sarah Brooks of Greenville was the big winner. I picked up a $15 gift card courtesy of A.J. McMurphy's. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is A.J.'s. They have daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia on Wednesday nights with our very own Clip Brock. A.J.'s has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an A.J.'s day. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip Brock. All right, let me see if I can find a warm-up question. For tonight's trivia, A.J. McMurphy's will be there 8 o'clock. How about this uh, for Shirley? I like to ask Shirley the old school questions. Okay, go for it. This might be a little too old school. And baseball's not your forte, I guess. Not necessarily. Uh, how about this, Shirley? On this day in 1980, this Kansas City Royal raised his batting average to 401. Who is that Hall of Fame Royal third baseman? Ah, uh, he's got two first names. He got really angry one time when they checked. Uh, Brett, um, this is his last that's name. His last name, <laughs> George Brett. There you go. Bingo. Shirley Rhodes coming through. I was thinking Brett Butler, but I was like, nope, that's not right. But I knew there was a Brett in there somewhere. On this day in 1989, he uh, moved into third place in most consecutive game played games played. He would eventually take over the record for that. That would be Cal Ripken, wouldn't it? It would be Cal Ripken Jr. Only. Was it senior or junior? All right, let's go back to Shirley's uh, 80s, 90s baseball knowledge. Uh, on this day in 1990, he hit the record 187th home run for the White Sox. I got to imagine Frank Thomas might have passed that record, but this guy did it as a catcher. Who's that famous White Sox catcher? I don't know too many catchers. I guess Um, he uh, played for the Red Sox, too, right? Because he did the... Oh, uh, uh, I can see him. I can see his face, but his name... I can see it on your face. face. I can see it in his face. Uh, I'm not going to say he gets frisky, but he might get a little... Fisky, Carlton Fisk. Okay, okay that I wouldn't have gotten. Not that. a great hint. No, there. that was a terrible hint. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Yeah, because there were only uh, a handful of catchers that I can remember. On this day, he won the 200 meter at the Athletics World Championship. 2013. Athletics? That's for everybody. Usain Bolt. <laughs> yeah, if there's a running question, just go with Usain Bolt. There you go. All right, so there's a couple of Oh, warm-ups. I was thinking athletics as in the baseball right, team. Too. I had to, yeah. And I was thinking Ricky, Ricky Henderson. Henderson. <laughs> if there was a race involving athletics, that would be Ricky a good Ricky Henderson would have won that, you know, because Ricky Henderson is the fastest man just ask ever Ri- to Ricky Henderson. <laughs> just, just ask, ask Ricky, Ricky Henderson. Henderson. I, I came across a video. It was the, like, one of the most awesome sports moments caught on p- picture and it was him like holding the b- the third base up yep. when he broke the record this is ricky's base thank you for coming to ricky's game and seeing ricky play uh he was uh long before the rock chandler he talked to uh, third person about himself 
So there you go. Yes, he did. Uh, we talked safeties a moment ago. Blake Harrell talked safeties earlier this week. Can we pull some of that, Shirley? Yeah. Starting with cut six, where he talked about Gerard Stringer. Gerard's awesome. You know, Gerard just uh, he plays with a motor. You know, he, sometimes off the field, you, you meet him, and he's just a nice guy, smiling. And But but on the field, he's kind of a different guy. And, and just really like who he is on the field, flying around. He, he makes it so versatile out there. Just, just really proud of the, the tough guy he's became, and, and that's you know he's molded himself into that. He's had to work for that, and uh, you know he gives us a little different edge out there. Likes the edge there. How about the safety position as a whole? Blake Carroll addressed that. Cut seven. Oh yeah, you, you've got you know two deep at the Sam, the the field safety, the boundary safety. You feel good about Sean Dorsole, Ju- Julius Wood at field safety there, um, and and both of them really talented. Julius can cover some ground. Really excited about him. Jaira Wilson's a kind of a swing guy that could play the, the boundary safety or the Sam. And he's played a lot of football for us and done a lot of good things. Tegan Wilk is as good as anybody I've ever been around about getting the football out and stripping the ball. Um, we talked about Gerard there at, the, at Sam. And uh, Demetrius Mooney's another guy that is one of those guys that has proven in camp, hey, we can trust him, we can put him on the grass, and he, he can make some plays for us. And he's really playing hard and just really proud of him. He actually uh, gave a little predator of the day from our scrimmage on Saturday, and it was Demetrius Mooney just because he's, he's flying around, he's topping off piles, he's knocking guys back, and just really proud. He wants, he's playing the game like we want to play. Demetrius Mooney. Yeah. Uh, I go and I talked about him a moment ago. East Carolina's leading rusher. In 2019. And now he is uh, making plays on special teams, and, and Coach Harrell's saying, look, if uh, they need a guy to go in at linebacker, he could do it. Now that's what you call a football player right there. He is a football player to a T. Put him on the grass. Put the ball down. Put the ball down. PTBD. Put the ball down. Do you remember when Stringer was talking uh, probably a couple of Saturdays ago now and somebody asked him about him and Wilson and they have played in the same spot about them potentially playing at the same time? Well, could be a possibility if Wilson plays one of those uh, safety spots and Stringer is in his Sam spot, uh-huh. you could actually see them on the field at the same time. And that's scary to think about because those two guys that are very physical get to the football and do a good job of getting the football out. And he mentioned earlier Tegan Wilk. I'm yeah. really excited about Tegan Wilk. Uh, saw a lot of upside from him last year. Uh, and and he's he's good with getting the ball out as well. And he's a ball hawk. He had a few interceptions last year. So look out for Tegan Wilk. All right, and finally, uh, Blake Harrell talked about the competition going on right now at the defensive line spot. I, I think here's the big thing is competition makes us all better. I mean, whether we're competing with each other in the professionalism or professional life or we're competing with each other on the field or in the classroom, it's going to make you better. And that's what we've done, whether it's at the edge spot or inside. As we got, you know, six, seven guys inside who all played, and now they're just pushing each other better. So if you want to take a day off, if you want to have, hey, I'm, I'm going to sit back, take it easy today, well, somebody else is going to step up. Sue Radware is going to step up. Uh, J.D. Lampley, a freshman, is going to step up. You know, so, hey, if you think you're that guy, all of a sudden, now you've got to work your tail off just to keep where you're at. It's the same thing at the Ed spot with Chad and, and Manny pushing each other out there. Now J.R., uh, Jeremy Lewis and Jack are battling it out in, in the boundary there at the outside backers. So we got some good competition. And, and then, you know, it, it always, we talked about this last year, I think, is just keeping guys fresh so we can win ball games in the fourth quarter. And you think about the games we won last year, how many of those games were close going in the fourth quarter. And because we were fresh up front, because we played a lot of guys, we were able to pull it out at the end of the game.
So that, that's a, a big key to our success, and it will continue to be. Take a day off at your own risk, according to Blake Carroll. Why do you think I show up every day here? Because I'm, somebody could take my spot. Uh, I mean, Chandler, CJ, Shirley, so good at their jobs, they don't have to worry about that. They don't have any competition. I'm afraid. I could lose my spot. I'm here every day. Nope. No comments from anyone. To who? <laughs> to, to you, to Chandler, to anybody. We well, lo- I we can tell you it ain't going to be me. We love to compete. And compete, compete. Competition makes everybody better. I'm competing against myself. Against yourself. Every day. To show up. To run a three-hour show. You're competing with well, the person. Well, then high-five yourself. I'm you're not competing gonna, with the person you, you were yesterday. One percent better. Clint. I'm competing against Shirley's microphone right now. <laughs> yeah, you're competing against it. Compete. I got to fight it. I got to fight that microphone. Be one percent louder. I got to be louder. I got to yell into the microphone. All right, let's take our uh, final break. We'll come back. You're ready to wrap up a Wednesday edition of PRL. Do we have players slam? Oh, you mean tonight? Yes. Players players tonight. tonight. Check it out, 6 o'clock. If you missed our interviews from Monday, got a lot of great insight from the guys. That'll be coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll take a timeout, come back. More to go. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. All right, let's take a look at your stock market report. The Dow fell 171 points, closed out the day at 33,980. The NASDAQ is down 164 at 12,938. The S&P was also down 31 at 4,274. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip. Man, just thought of another reason to be excited about football season coming up. Gus Johnson. Speed! Back on the court. There he goes! How about this story to wrap up a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live? The 11 college presidents and chancellors who make up the college football playoffs board of managers met via Zoom this week and began a discussion that could reshape the future of college sports. Multiple sources have told ESPN that they briefly discussed the possibility of restructuring how college football is governed with the idea uh, that major college football potentially being governed outside of the NCAA. So a breakaway from the NCAA and not a shocker, but now, you know, when college presidents and chancellors are talking about it, it starts to feel really real. Uh, this story from Pete Dammel at ESPN. You can go read it, uh, the whole story online right now, ESPN.com. But uh, the ever-changing landscape of college athletics and specifically college football, which drives all this, uh, could have a major change upcoming. It's continuing and it's building. Man. So, and it's uh, unfolding before our eyes. Again, I just don't want to, whatever happens, don't mess up my March Madness. I already see a world where the college football, there's going to be tears and 
and maybe ECU is not going to be in tier one, but we're still going to play good teams and have good teams and play football and win games and have fun. But keep March don't, Madness. Don't touch March. Don't touch March. That is March. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Keep your hands to yourself. Back in elementary school, we used to have hula hoops. You had to stay in your hula hoop during PE. Remember that? Don't yeah. burst my bubble. Stay in your lane. LeVar Ball. Don't pop my bubble. Chandler, man, triple duty. Let today. me tell you something, buddy. You had doubt. You had you had doubt in me. I leave to go to a meeting, and I said, "I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back." And uh, we were leaving the meeting. Jonathan was there. I said, "I'm going." He, I said, "I'm going back to the studio." He said, "Oh, you're going back?" I said, "Bet your bottom dollar I am." And guess what, folks? I was back. Taylor, I'm in the show you, with Clip Brock. You are amazing. You're also so naive. I only did that so you would come back. I put that in your brain that I doubted you would come back. It, it, you know what? I motivated it, no, it, you it to get. It makes me mad that you don't believe that I actually would have come back in the first place because that's how I roll, baby. I'm a team player. You are. I'm not going to leave you guys hanging. I'm not going to just go to the house and leave you guys hanging. I'm not doing that. That's right, well, not, I'm leaving. Wrap that's the not show. the player I am, folks. And by the way, we'll be back tomorrow on a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Thank you for watching. For Clip Brock, Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer, I'm Chandler Honeycutt. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.